And we are live for another episode of FOW Live. I am your host, uh, Patrick, and soon to be joining me uh, will be Danny Danger and our good friend Eric. Now, the question is, will Mika make an appearance tonight? Will she make the running? Will she be here or not? That is still to be determined. But right now, my, the good brothers, Danny and Eric, are here. Guys, how are you doing this uh, fantastic Thursday evening? Uh, I'm good. Just chilling. Uh, somehow hurt my back over the last hour. But uh, other than that, I'm good, guys. How are y'all? That's what you get for body slamming your dog, okay? He he doesn't know how to jump right. He's he's too much of a deadlift, okay? <laughs> Look, he deserved it. Well, now your back deserves it because he apparently did, he sandbagged <laughs> you, okay? I, I fell asleep on the couch, and I think I fell oh, asleep that's, wrong. That's, that's called being an adult. Welcome to <laughs> being an adult, okay? You fall asleep, and you sleep wrong, and you wake up with an injury. I don't like this. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is what this is what you know. Being an adult is all about being Eric, old. As someone much younger, much older than you, sorry. Um, let me tell you, it, it only gets worse. Oh, good. Yeah. Wait, to, wait till you hit thirty. It's all downhill after thirty. Oh God, that's not a yeah. goal if of think, mine. If you think it's, I mean, you still got a few more years, maybe of of things getting a little better, but then it's gonna get worse. You hit thirty, and it's it's downhill. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna start feeling like everything's going better, and then all of a sudden, wham, bam, boom, and then you're 30, and then wow. it's just it's all downhill. Yeah. So you like roller coasters? I love roller coasters. Okay, so you know, like imagine, like I don't know, uh, I've seen some nasty ones. Uh, just imagine, you know, one of those that just you know when they go and when you go down, and you just make and then you go and. Uh, all around, it just makes you want to vomit at the end, and you're like, yeah, this is the best feeling in the world. You know that feeling? Yeah. All right, so think the total opposite. <laughs> but, but when you, you get you whipped wish, all around, you wish, and you go, yeah. oh, this is the worst. I'm in so much and, pain. And you wish you could die. All right? That's uh, that's how getting old feels like, at least that's, in my opinion. That's yeah. what being over 30 is, yeah. yeah. Just all that every day of your life. Yeah, so, it, 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 that's it, why they say only the uh, good die young. Okay. Yeah, it's the biggest roller coaster you'll uh, you'll never want to be a part of. I tell you. Yeah. The roller coaster of life. But um, there's no refunds. No, not at all. Oh, uh, it is. It is a. Uh, it, it it is, but it is life, and uh, we do get to live to live life to the fullest. I I think while we are here and. Uh, and of course, you know where I'm going with this. And uh, uh, you know, this past Wednesday, uh, one we lost somebody from the wrestling community as uh, Shad Gaspard, one half of the once uh, more famously known tag teams of the Louis Crime Time, uh, was found uh, dead after. I guess this ha- happened on Sunday or Monday, where his uh, he got. Lost in the waves, the tides over uh, in the Pacific Ocean, and uh, he was able to thankfully save his son before being lost himself. Uh, but two days later, uh, his body was was found in Venice Beach. Um, definitely uh, something I hate whenever tragedy comes in such a such a way. I mean, it's. 
it's a very sad story and definitely a very sad loss as, as we've now seen over the last couple of days, a lot of the outpouring from, you know, not just fans, but of course a lot of wrestlers as well. And, and just how, you know, how kind of a person that he was. And, and of course in his, in his last moments, he, he, his thoughts went to saving his son rather than saving his own self. Um, you know, it's, but it is a sad story. And, I think it's hitting a lot of us a little bit differently because we're all kind of we're all kind of quarantined and we're all kind of getting closer to to some of our friends and family and further away feeling distant and so further away from some of them so it's just kind of it's I think it's hitting a lot of people differently than it normally would if the world weren't uh kind of in this quarantine standstill but um definitely a, a very sad story and uh definitely not what you want to hear especially from somebody who who seemingly was such a, a genuine, kind, and loving person. Um, you know, I was not a huge fan of the gimmick. I thought the gimmick was kind of silly and kind of um, almost like it was kind of borderlining on bad stereotype to me, you know, like, but, you know, they were always him and, you know, his tag team partner, JTG, were always good, solid in the ring. You know, Eric and I uh, saw them at WrestleCade this past year and they were both in great shape. They both looked great. Um, they both seem to be having a lot of fun interacting with fans, Shad especially. Um, and so definitely a, a, a hurtful loss to the wrestling community, especially somebody who's young and, you know, who's a, a parent and, uh, you know, has, has young children who have to, who have to now be, be the ones left alive, you know? Um, so it's just a very, very heartbreaking story this week. Yeah, like you mentioned, we saw him at WrestleCade last year, and I don't know if you remember, but when their music hit, I popped like crazy. The place went nuts. The whole yeah. place did. You know, so and they were really well well received, and they you know they put on a good match. They went out there, and they were both still in great fighting form. It's not like they were phoning it in just because. Oh well, we used to be WWE. You know, like they were still out there doing their thing. Yeah, I was actually a really big Crime Time fan. Um, they entertained me massively, and um, it's really a shame uh, to hear what happened. Um, thoughts and prayers to his family, obviously, but I, I think the thing to take away from this is he'll be remembered as a hero because he sacrificed himself for his son, and honestly, what parent... Like, if, if you're going to go out that way, what parent wouldn't go out that way, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it It's um, it's sad. It's really, really sad. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say. Um, I, I, don't, I don't handle death well, so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and like Danny can allude to, you know, it's especially at, at this time where in this pandemic where people are encouraged to stay home and isolate and, you know, isolation can lead to depression for many people. And then when you hear bad news, I mean, we already are hearing so many news about all the people who have been lost uh, due to the pandemic, but then you hear uh, especially uh, somebody else, you know, dying in such a way. It's just, uh, it's heartbreaking, but, uh, yeah, you know, he died here. I think, you know, like, you know, like, like, you know, any parent, right? Like you guys said, would do anything, sacrifice anything. I know uh, Danny in a second would give up his life uh, 
for his kid, and it's it's at least to he to for him to be able to know that you know that that his child son will be all right, and you know I think the the wrestling community as a whole has really united. Uh, I mean, it's seen finally nice to see you know for a change a week where people can just be nice to each other for a change, you know, especially in such a business like this where people don't, aren't always the nicest to each other, but it's, it's nice that to see the wrestling community uh, come in and unite uh, behind uh, Shaggy Asparis and his family as, as he has, uh, he has gone uh, to, uh, to a better place. And so with that, uh, Man, uh, summer news, uh, and I, I, you know, it feels like always something bad is happening almost every week we talk. Uh, but you know, the show must go on, uh, and let's just hope that uh, we can take this and continue to be good to each other. But wrestling still happening. Wrestling is still essential, and. You know, we got lots of stuff going on, but uh, first, I don't know if you guys watch Monday night, but um, as Andrade, I think he finally realized Austin Theory is not a Latino; he is just tan. So he got kicked He's out of the tan group. Tan white guy, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're not. I think they, they realized the secret. Get out of here. Yeah, Austin Theory had him fooled. For, for, for a, a while, weeks at there. least, yeah, yeah. But uh, at last, they finally saw the light, well, or the color, um, and realized oh, yeah. the, the lightness of his yeah. color. Right? They realized <laughs> he is not Latino. He's just very tan, and He's got just... kicked out of the group. And he was so devastated. He was just a ringside for the rest of the night. But alas, sad, hanging out. Yeah, you know. What happens when you're down, out, and lonely? Well, you never know when a savior would come by, and uh, one did for uh, in the form of the modern day, the Monday Night Messiah, uh, Seth Rollins, who has uh, included him as part of his flock, if you will call it that. Although, let's now it's not Raven's flock. No, but it's 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 a flog. It's starting to become a flog, nonetheless. At least these guys shower. Well, yeah, that's true. They are. They definitely look a lot cleaner than most of Raven's gentlemen did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, AOP not there, but you know, and Murphy did not look very um, very pleased. Maybe a little bit jelly uh, of all the attention yeah. that. Uh, that one theory was getting from he's Rollins. Just afraid that, he's just afraid that he might have to start teaming with Theory now instead of being able to team with Rollins. That's what he's worried <laughs> about. Well, so, some people could call that a, a, an improvement. but Some might call n- it an improvement. Me. I think most would call it a... Eh, downgrade. You, know, you go from teaming with a, with a former multi-time world champion to teaming with the new guy. Um, I think you know any job you have, you don't want to you don't want to do a project with the new guy because you got to show him the ropes. 
you want the experienced veteran who can help carry their load instead of you having to guide them around and hold their hand through everything. Yeah, you want you want Seth Rollins, aka the Golden Boy of the company, um, <laughs> to team with because he's pretty much on almost every other segment. So get that uh, get that Seth Rollins rub all you can. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, the modern day—I don't know what you call it modern day. Uh, I just, you know, well, I'm glad to have. Uh, uh, what's his name? I can't remember Jimmy his Mahal. name. Now. I'm Jeremy Halbeck. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting confused. That's why you're putting both of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't put him in the same show. The the the, the, the nicknames sound too familiar. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. So Rollins, I think. It's, and this is a question I was thinking about. I wanted to ponder to you guys, because um, I mean, and if if I were asked it, then oh well. But is Rollins becoming the guy, or well, I mean, or is AC the guy? I, I amid the COVID, where the roster is kind of thinned out. I mean, that's the thing. That's that's part of why we see the same guys in so many segments because you know some of the roster sitting at home some of the roster can't travel internationally you know whatever the reason may be there's we have a bit a bit thinner roster than we we would normally so i think you know seth is definitely the top bad guy that we get regularly and you know that's going to lead to him being in a lot of segments um, especially because he's the top bad guy now with the with a faction with a group of guys. So even if he's not wrestling, he's going to be you know guiding his guys to to wrestle or you know helping advise them. So I would I mean he's definitely the top bad guy. I don't know if he's the top guy right now. It's kind of it's kind of floating between him and 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 McIntyre. I think. Well, let, let, let me re-ask my question later. I mean, so it, it, it Seth Rollins by default, in and, and not only just now, but if you look back the last few years, of course, WWE has been doing everything possible to make, uh, what, to, to make Roman Reigns the face of the company. But yes. looking back at just bookings and storylines and title changes and this and then the other. If we look back at the last few years, uh, could Seth Rollins be considered the face of the company? Not not necessarily the face that WWE wanted, but the face that WWE ended up having. If, If you start looking back at at the last few years and you know to the present, because I think my in my perspective, if you look back at just everything that's happened and everything that that Rollins has done, I I would assume that he he has been the de facto face of the company. I mean, I think Maybe I agree my, with my you. circumstance. I think I agree with you. Um... To me, Seth has been the face of the company since he beat Brock and Roman at Mania, honestly. Um, They don't let just anybody beat Brock Lesnar, so uh, that was kind of a thing. Um, But I I actually think that 
yeah, with all of this going on and the shortened roster and everything, um, Seth pretty much is the go-to guy. He is the company man now that Roman's no longer uh, there currently. Um, Drew's making a good push for it, but I still think it's I still think it's Seth. Seth is the golden goose. Yeah, I think it's kind of bordering back and forth between the two of them. Now, I don't think, you know, we're, we're the roster not not thinned. I don't think that Seth is the guy. I think, and part of that leads to, I don't feel that Seth commands that crossover appeal. Now, what I mean by that, of course, is not that he's he can't, but it's, People who are more casual, who are less wrestling fans, and so, and you know, maybe they watch a little bit. Maybe, you know, like my wife, like she doesn't really watch wrestling, but she kind of knows it because I'm talking about it half the time. And when she's when she's actually paying attention, not just pretending to pay attention, she knows certain things. So she knows kind of about Roman Reigns. Okay, she wouldn't know who Seth Rollins is. She knows about Roman Reigns because other news sites and things like that that she sticks online. She asked me, she said, oh, okay. apparently Roman has a new, t- Roman Reigns has a new tattoo. Do you want to see a picture of it? I'm like, not really. But like that <laughs> on her, on her news sites, that becomes news. Okay. Becky getting pregnant becomes news, but they didn't specify and say Becky and Seth Rollins are expecting. They said Becky Lynch is retiring, you know, or, or Becky Lynch is taking time away because she's having a baby. They didn't say Becky and Seth Rollins are expecting. It's, Becky Lynch is expecting. Becky Lynch is expecting. It's, you know, Roman Reigns has a new tattoo. Cool. Like, but I don't think Seth is getting the kind of crossover media appeal that WWE always wants in a superstar. You know, they want somebody. They want a Hulk Hogan. They want a Rock. They want a John Cena. They want a Stone Cold. They want somebody who people who don't really watch wrestling know who this guy is and are kind of intrigued by what he's doing. And I think Roman has a little bit of that. Because you know, because he he has a little bit of a distinct look compared to what most people think of. You know, where Seth Rollins, Seth just kind of looks like a dude. Um, you know, uh, so it's I don't know if he really stands out as far as um, to get that kind of crossover appeal. You know, he just he just kind of looks like an everyday dude. He's got a beard. He's got long hair. He's kind of skit. You know, thin and wiry. I mean, yeah, that actually kind of does make sense now that you put it like that. Um, it's crazy because, yeah, like Roman has been in movies and all that kind of stuff. But walking down the street, Seth, to a, a casual fan probably would just look like another dude walking down the street. Yeah, or, or maybe you think he's a musician, you know, because yeah. he has long hair and the beard and he's thin. He's got, tat- you know, he's got some tattoos. That's what, I, to me, I think of Seth being like, in a in a rock band versus being in a, a being a pro wrestler and that's not a knock that's just how i think somebody outside would see him yeah that's yeah i i don't disagree with that uh so so we basically have torn eric's mind apart and we so with this but yeah i i get your point of view as well but i don't know i i, I it just feels like He's been a constant, and I think that when you look back at, at the wrestlers and the heirs, you know, even in this era, whatever you want to call this era, I don't know. At one point, people were calling it the PG era. 
Yeah, I, I think we've cool. kind of strain. I think we've kind of gotten a little away from that. You know, once once they started doing a little more racy things, and you know, they kind of they're trying to blend the PG era with a more modern style. You know, to where it's okay for kids, but there's a reason that the adults like it too. You know, right. Especially with uh, the lead into Mania, where Shayna Baszler is dropping shits and bitches every five minutes. Well, there you go. Yeah, that too. So, I don't know. To me, I, I feel like in this era, uh, Rollins has become, you know, the constant. And now, by default, the fact that a lot of the guys are are out and, yeah, he he could be, end up becoming the guy by circus. But I, I don't know. Time would tell uh, if if people can can agree with that or or not, or if anybody would even see that. Just a thought I had. Uh, but yeah, so Rollins' family is expanding, or uh, whatever he's calling them. Uh, I still have most of the stuff on mute anyway, so not sure what they're saying. Uh, do we see do we see it growing? Though? Do you guys think anybody else would could use a little bit of rub, a little bit of Seth Rollins rub? I mean, it the way the roster is now, I think maybe there's probably other people who could end up joining. But I've seen a lot of people speculating about Raw now becoming the faction show, and you have multiple factions and they all seem to have four or five guys and you know you have um you have of course seth rollins and his faction you have Zelina vega and her faction and you have mvp and his faction and so it's almost like we're we're slowly building armies to build towards this big faction war um and i think that's so if you're going to do a faction war, you want to keep approximately the same number of guys per faction. And WWE's never really gone overboard with the number of members per faction. It's typically four, maybe five, and the fifth one's kind of mostly a mouthpiece. Um, since the the four horsemen and since you know NWO was 19 guys. I mean, apart from really apart from the Nexus, there hasn't really been a a regular steady faction in WWE that had more than like four or five guys at most. So I think you're building towards that, you know, Zelina Vega leading her, her faction, Seth leading his faction, but he can still fight, you know? And, um, and then you have MVP who, you know, who could fight, but it will just let his, his, um, his men fight for their own right. Huh? That's interesting. I, I would actually be down for that. Like, but they can't all be heel stables though, so we're gonna have to Well, isn't isn't MVPs kind of more borderline towards the face, I think? No, they're, they're no I mean, it's heel. Probably last they're definitely heels heels. too. Okay. And then I, I think, mean didn't, didn't think he add a Vink and Thorn too? I don't know. Not I yet. Like... I then they've tagged, but not not really. Uh, I think, I think if anything, maybe we could see eventually see a Polo turn and joining uh, MVP. I, I tell you, MVP put out there that he had wrestled his last match uh, right after I think the Rumble. Or- yeah, right after the Rumble. 
Yeah. And, he could always man. come back to join and, and fight with them, or he could I'm, just be the yeah. mouthpiece for them. I'm glad that whatever happened changed because, you know, now I think that he he's a great addition to the roster, especially helping guys who necessarily not, not like talking or aren't that good at talking. I forgot how good uh, MVP was and how much I missed him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a really good addition to the roster. Like you said, guys – you know, like Lashley, like Apollo Crews, um, who definitely could use somebody to help um, help talk for them or talk with them. Um, and he's just, I mean, that was why, you know, he did his talk show segment and all that. People who, who are crummy talkers aren't going to just get their own talk show segment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling like we're back in time. Um. And so here's what I'm seeing, right? I I am seeing a a possible faction with, you know, a group of mostly, if not all, African Americans. Yeah. Uh, another faction uh, of just Latinos. Yes. And then another faction of mostly white, white guys. guys. It's it's the do it's the doa versus Los Bariquas versus the nation of domination all over again. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, somebody else made was you. making jokes about that too. I oh thought really? It was funny. I thought it was. Yeah. I must have missed them. Yeah, but yeah I no. I, yeah, I just I it just really dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Is this is what we're seeing. It's, it's a 1998 all over again. Yeah, it's, it, it very well could be. It very well could be. I mean, Vince Man loves recycling them ideas. He does. Um, he does. And but, it was kind of a very good at time it. to have like the race war, <laughs> which is essentially what it was. It was the race war, even though they didn't really say it was a race war. It was. It was Charles Manson's helter skelter realized. Okay. <laughs> is that what it was? I don't know. Sweet, sweet Jesus. You mean Rollins? Um, Sweet Rollins above. So, okay. Uh, yeah, lots of factions. SmackDown doesn't really have any factions. I mean, is the, is the Lucha House Party SmackDown? Or are they on Raw? I lose uh, track. They fought, they fought for the SmackDown titles at uh, at Money in the Bank. Okay, so they might so be So I guess Smack, they're technically SmackDown. still SmackDown, yeah. There you go. Um, so that is is that the only faction on SmackDown? Yeah, and there, yeah, I mean that might be the only like steady faction on SmackDown. Cause I mean, I, I don't think you could call New. I mean, you guess New Day is a faction. But... Well, I mean, if if Lucha House Party is a faction, then New Day is a faction. All right, so because do we have a we have a, a faction of white people on SmackDown. Yeah. No, because we have Sammy, Cesaro, and Shinsuke. And they're not all white people, though. Yeah, they're not all white people. But they're all foreigners, so they're... That's their gimmick. They're Canadian, Swiss, and... and, uh, Japanese, yeah. Japanese. There's really not a... Man. Almost. Maybe he's going to create one. Maybe he'll put... uh, Corbin and and Elias oh, yeah. back together. 
Oh, oh yeah. God. Once they finish beating each other up. Yeah, that's what we all want to see. Put I them mean, together, make them fight. Put them together, make them fight. Put them together, make them fight. We, I mean, isn't that what happens anyways? I mean, with, you know, I mean, that's what happened with Sammy and Kevin Owens. Oh, wait. My mind totally forgot. Uh-uh. You forgot. I, I totally forgot. Um, okay. are, are the Forgotten Sons on SmackDown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yet again, you do you consider do you consider three guys a faction? I guess we are for this purpose. For for the purpose, like for the purpose of uh, the truth not getting in the way of a good story, absolutely. Uh, so we're just, I guess, that EC, uh, ECW NXT is not big enough to have more than just one faction. Yeah. Right. I mean, you think undisputed yeah. era. Well, you have undisputed era and you have Imperium, okay. but Imperium kind of floats back and forth between yeah. UK and here. And here. They're just stuck. Yeah, here. a couple they, of them are just back. stuck here for now. Yeah. If they go back, they won't be able to come back. Pretty so much. They got to stay here for a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of NXT, um. What I I thought that El Hijo de Fantasma had been uh, he had cap- been working captured. With, without a without a mask um, on certain house shows and stuff. No, but, but then, on NXT they put him TV, back he, into the mask. But on NXT TV, he's been wrestling under the mask, and then yeah, he, he was one of the three people that that was um, that was kidnapped by those masked men. Uh, well, we'll never figure out the end of that storyline then. Because yeah, think, maybe that storyline got shelved. Raul Mendoza was the first one to get kidnapped. Then, so they're just dealing with. Wild was the second one. Uh, no, what, and then, and then Wild. Okay, I don't. Yeah. Rem- I must have missed that entirely because I don't remember any of that happening. You remember the two two uh, not very fit masked men grabbing. <laughs> Uh, gra- grabbing these guys and putting them in a black SUV. I apparently do not. No, um, I apparently missed a couple episodes of NXT when that happened. Yeah, wasn't, only wasn't really paying attention when I. Or it probably know, was not only a Hulu version. Maybe that's that's part of it too. I'm still getting stuff cut out on the Hulu version. That's uh, yeah, more than, you're right. That's probably more than likely what happened. Like you, you need to switch from. Do, do you have that just the re- the on demand Hulu, or do you have the Hulu Live? I have the Hulu Live now, but even with Hulu Live, it still gives me the, the well, man. Then you know what? The, Unless I watch switch, it live, then you need to switch to uh, today's sponsor because uh, this episode is brought to you by YouTube TV for only four forty nine ninety nine. You can get all uh, over almost seventy television channels plus. You know, you also get unlimited uh, the uh, uh, storage for uh, cloud recording. You can watch on your TV, your computer, or on your phone or tablet, wherever it's your pleasure. And it's, uh, I believe, free for the first five or seven days. Uh, I don't know, but they, they always have other promotions. So check that out. You you may you may 
They were saying, well, you're missing. You can watch a lot of live stuff, and you can watch the whole enchilada of NXT, not just that some was, edited version. That was like a Jericho-esque segue. I'm a, I'm a proud <laughs> of you there, where he's just all middle of middle of the sentence. He just goes right into his ad spiel to try and like distinct hide you from from skipping over it. You know, unlike Colt Cabana, who like does all his ads at the end. Okay, now that we've talked with the interview, here's our ad segment, so you can just kind of skip out, you know. Um, so, so you that was a very a very Jericho esque, and I applaud you for for your segue into the ad sponsorship. Um, you know, a, a a good a good segue should be toasted, and what better to toast your friend's great segue than with the cool, refreshing taste of Miller Lite beer? Miller Lite now in the sixth. Now in the 16-ounce cans with the with the refillable screw-on cap so you never spill a drop. I'm done. Well, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't, don't you have a pitch? And come on, give us a good segue. Okay, I'll give you a good, good one. Segue. Buy Rachel Ellering's merchandise on Pro Wrestling Tees because it's 20% off this week. Woo! All Pro Wrestling Tees merch is 20% off for their big Memorial Day sale, including the FOW shirt, if it's still on there somewhere. Maybe, maybe not. No. Um, any, uh, but, most hey. of our home promotions have T-shirts there. Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment has some stuff there, um, as well as a lot of our favorite wrestlers and your favorite wrestlers. And um, today, seen... tomorrow, and you know, to, to, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And as seen on... T- on TV on Wednesday nights, Pineapple Pete. The Pineapple Pete shirt now available. Yes. Yep. But, yeah. So, back to whatever it is that we were talking about before we got up here. Uh, yes. So, Two Masked Men. You got to look this up. It's got to be on YouTube. We're Probably. Just, you know, so, they're just like the, these doughy, fat kind of guys that come out and get people? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, no. So think, so think about, um, I don't know, uh, just two Latinos who just, you know, think El Dandy in a mask. Oh, so like just kind of chunky, kind of not, just kind of yeah. slightly out of shape. But So you're assuming they were Latinos because they stole two other Latinos? Uh, they, 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 yes. Yes. They they sat they, they seem like Latinos. You know, I, I can I can tell with my Latino vision um that they were Latinos. That okay. is such a thing, you know. Yeah. Latino vision. Yeah, it's you can seek out your own kind of thing. So I don't know. But yeah, it was weird because I, I thought it was gonna become something. But I guess I mean, it's I mean, because at first I was looking, and neither Joaquin Wilde or uh, Raul Mendoza were released last okay. month. Okay. So that means they're still out there. But that brings the question: Where are they? I mean, obviously, El Hijo de Fantasma was able to uh, to escape escape their clutches, yes, yeah. of these ma- menacing mass marauders. But he was also he, he was also able to escape, uh, you know, 
the you know the Lucha Underground warehouse at some point. So I mean, he's very good at escaping. That hey, now that was King Cuerno, King Cuerno, and El Hijo de Fantasma are two totally different guys. Okay, kayfabe, brother, kayfabe. King Cuerno is is an entirely different wrestler. If that's who you're trying to say, is the same just because you know they look approximately alike. They have similar tattoos. It's like they're just playing John John Cruz, you know, on AEW, John Cruz and Serpentico. You think they're the same, but they're not. Okay, Snake Man and Human are two totally different guys. <laughs> are you say are you saying this is also like John Cena and Juan Cena are not the same guys either? Yeah, yeah, and and Hulk Hogan and Mister America are two totally different people. And let me guess: earthquake, shark. And Avalanche. John, and John Tenta, all different dudes, yeah. And Shockmaster. Don't forget Shockmaster. And there were three different uh, Ultimate that Warriors. That was Tugboat, man. That was Tugboat. And there were three I different Ultimate was... Warriors. Two, the first two died before the other one was even wrestled. <laughs> I've heard that story a lot. I believed um, it for a long time. Yeah. But no, to answer your question, no, that, that was Tugboat. I swear I thought it was Tenta. No, too short to be Tenta, but it was not Tenta. It, it was Tugboat. Um, Typhoon was his other name. Um, and he also ended up being somebody else. Oh, yeah, but let's not forget also John Tenta was also Golga for, for a minute there. Yeah, he was Golga. Yeah. They put, he had the mask where, they, where he had a lumpy head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, After he got – he was even bigger. Where, didn't they get bigger? That's another thing, Eric. Uh, as you get older, you also get bigger. Yeah, and not in the and not in that way. Not in the ways you want. You don't get big and muscular. You just kind of get doughier, and you get less of a um, le- less inspired to do anything about it. I'm already less inspired to do anything. Well, even less. Even less. Wow. It's lesser than less. If if that's even a thing. Hmm. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure what's happened with these guys. Uh, you know, maybe a chart took them, and they're still on their way to be uh, sent off to. Oh, maybe it was just an early quarantine thing. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the COVID actually stole them. That's what happened. Okay, the COVID came and kidnapped them and took them away, never to be seen again. No mention. So, so we got to see Karen Cross again. Yeah, Karen um, Cross again in that awesome entrance with he and Scarlett, yeah. where she sings somebody down to the ring. How long do you think this 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 is going to last? I mean, they're going to hold it off until they I can actually do it in front of an audience. I would assume, yeah, until they can do it. How long until? I mean, I think it it goes until the main roster. I think because then you have to kind of restructure it a little bit. But I, you know, think about. Like Ember Moon's entrance or Alistair Black's entrance, you know, every time he wrestled, he would get the bigger entrance. If he was just coming out to talk, they wouldn't do the rise off the uh, the slab. You know, on the rare occasions he he would he would just come out not to wrestle. He wouldn't come up of, off the slab. So I think it's kind of like that. I think anytime he's gonna wrestle, it's um, it's he's gonna get this big entrance. And you're you're in the you know this we're in the cinematic era of sports entertainment, so I think that they're gonna relish that and kind of push that right now. 
Yeah. Um, and even even once Alistair got to the main roster, they pretty much cut his entrance for a while. And then now yeah. that now that he's getting um, bigger match, longer bigger matches, matches more screen time. Yeah, they're actually doing the the raise up thing again. So. I think until the main roster, at least, because the full cell crowd will eat that up. Um, oh yeah, they'll go. They'll, they're already getting learning the words to it. So once they return back to full sail, they can start be singing, singing along it. with them. Yeah, exactly. Be along with them. Uh, just like just like with Nakamura, you know the a lot. Yeah. It kind of it kind of sort of died when he got to the main roster. Uh, yeah. But, because you had so many people who didn't know who he was at that already. Yeah, I think on you know the full sale crowd is a crowd that's a little more hip to what's going on outside of WWE, and so they already kind of, a lot of them already kind of knew of Nakamura by the time he debuted, so they were ready to to embrace him. Whereas exactly. at main roster WWE, he was just a weird foreign guy. And. Um... So what was I going to say? I had a thought and completely lost it. That ha- that happens a lot more as you get older too. Jesus Christ! I know. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make Eric want to kill himself before the end of the episode. I mean, yeah. it's already not hard. It's already not hard. Um, we're, we're already reminding him how how, t- how horrible his future is going to be. Yeah. Sweet Jesus. So um, again, you mispronounced Rollins. Uh, so yeah. okay. Uh, back, back to Leafy Fantasma. I did want to mention he has qualified uh, for the, I guess, the finals of yeah. the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Uh, by the fact, even though he has a tied score with Akira Tosawa, he defeated Akira Tosawa. So that the tiebreaker right there. However, yeah. for Group A, Kushida, Jake Atlas, and Drake Maverick are all tied two to one with them sort of kind of holding wins of each other. So there's not a decisive winner. So we can get uh, a triple threat match uh, between the three. So that means Drake Maverick gets one more match. One more match. Uh, of course, if he wins, is that he gets one more match. And then if he wins the tournament, surely you got to rehire your champion, right? You can't fire well, somebody. Who's he's, the they're not doing it live, though, right? Aren't these already pre-taped? Some are pre-taped, some are live. I'm not sure which ones are which. I would it's, assume it's, since since people were so, you know, I would assume that his at least, you know, Mavericks matches were pre-taped. It's possible. I would think they're not going to continue to use him after they've let him go. Uh, Why let him go I, if you're going to keep I don't, I don't. I don't think that they taped this a month ago. I think they kind of probably taped a handful of matches. Not everything, but I assume they probably taped the matches for this when they had all the guys there on one day and then could do all the matches throughout the course of the day and then they could spread them out. Uh, I don't believe it. So you think that even though he's been – Technically fired slash furloughed, whatever you is is, you know, fired. I guess for him is let go. Mm-hmm. They're still yeah. hiring him and using him on a weekly basis, flying him yes. in, having him yes. wrestle. They're paying him on a per per basis. I no, I don't believe that. I think that sounds crazy. You I don't think that that's the way WWE TNA does things. Gimmick. I know. I don't think that's that's the way WWE does things. 
Who knows? Who knows? It's very possible, but it, it does seem unlikely, but it's possible. What was yesterday? The 20th? Yeah. Yeah, yesterday's was the 20th. Let's see if the Google machine says anything about it being um, tapings. No, don't see anything. I don't know. I, I the, the, even after he did his whole like crying thing on the Twitter, he made it sound like he was going to be there. Uh, I, I don't think they're all. I mean, I know they are. The NXT shows are taped, but I don't think that they're all taped. That's what I'm saying. I don't think the whole episode is taped in advance, but I do think that they taped probably chunks of it at a time while they had everybody in there together rather than bringing in all those guys every single week. I think you could tell the difference in the in, in the staging, though. I think the staging looks – does it's not like, look anything okay, like the okay, staging here's, last year. Here's what they did last though. month. Here's what they did, though. Um, they every sing, after every single match, they supposedly strip down the ring and wipe everything down. So the mm-hmm. so the structure could be different, and if especially if they're planning on using it over different episodes, they would structure and stage it differently. But that's supposedly what they're doing in order to keep keep up, you know, COVID health and safety standards. Is after every single match, strip the ring, you know. Swap out the canvas, swap out the ring aprons, swap, you know, wipe down the ropes, all that stuff they're supposed to do after every single match. So that's how you can't have it live, obviously, because it would take too much time. So they taped a bunch of stuff when they had people in between each match, they were wiping down things. So it's going to look a little different from match to match. I don't know. Where, where do you fall in this line, Eric? Uh, I think it's, uh, I think his matches are pre-taped uh, just solely because I don't think that they would bring him in week to week and pay him per appearance. Or maybe he got his papers after for after the tournament. Who knows? You know, I, I think I, 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 I can't I can't see it. Have been done that long, but hey, I could be wrong, right? Uh, it's not like I, mean, I haven't been wrong before. I mean, I'm usually not wrong, but hey, I could be wrong. We'll see. Uh, okay, the, so this brings over to uh, a, the show that was announced last week, which uh, we did not mention because, well, we ran out of time, uh, which we will not do this time, uh, even though we're already Famous an hour into the words. show. Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know minutes, you know, whatever. We'll yeah. Um, NXT takeover in your house live yes. on June the seventh in your house. They actually gave a date for it instead of just saying three weeks from this Saturday. Well, it's I'm, NXT. I, I appreciate it's it. Different, but yeah, it's it's the first ever Sunday. No, oh, it's, no, this is second ever Sunday takeover. Wasn't there a takeover last year that was on a Sunday, or am I just dreaming this? I think you're just dreaming that. Mm, okay. Well, live, two weeks from this Sunday, 
on WWE Network. Is it really that quick? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, June 7th. Uh, well, NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, Backlash, I believe, is uh, on June the 14th, three weeks from Sunday. Okay. Where we are probably going to see the greatest wrestling match ever. Between yeah, I mean, that's Edge what they told Randy us. Orton. Yeah. That's what they're calling it, the greatest wrestling match ever. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and a rematch from a... An, a, a past pay-per-view made a long, long time ago for the yeah. WWE Championship. Yep. When did they wrestle? I feel like they wrestled... What was it? Was it here? I can't remember, but let me not digress. So, in your house, so... Now, Danny, you, you, when we were talking about this offline, you were asking... Are they going to give away a house? I and, hope so. Yeah. And then I said it, they are not because this is more like a 1996, uh, you know, in your house because that's when, you know, you saw super kicks. You're going to see super kicks because I'm sure Adam Cole's going to be in the show somehow. And B, um, what was the other B? Yeah. 96 is when they started naming the in your houses. So technically, okay. this is a name in your house. I mean, okay. if you look so at it reverse, it's not a, that's in why your house, house, NXT TakeOver. Yeah. Yeah. That was in 1995. Okay, that was very 1995. This is 1996. Do you guys remember which one was the first in your house that got a name? No, I don't. Good I really wasn't enemies. watching. That's that, right. That, that, that's right. A lot at that time. Your main event was Shawn Michaels versus uh, Diesel. Yep. Oh, oh. So here's the real question. Are we getting Todd Pettengill? Okay, so is again, still that alive? was 1995. Is he still alive? I hope so. I love Todd Pettengill. I mean, a lot of things happen to people. He is. He is still alive. All right. He's, what is, uh, is he he's doing radio. Random television. Oh, he's radio. I was wondering if he was radio or television yeah. presenting somewhere. No, that, that face was made for radio, man. Hey, in 2013, oh, yeah. he hosted the Best of In Your House DVD. So somebody's gonna buy the Best of the ha- Best of In Your House DVD. No, I have all the In Your Houses. Oh, <laughs> but it's hey, called the network. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. Um, but I mean, bring bring Todd Pettengill. That's all I want. It's well, not In Your House you know, without Pettengill. He has retired. He's retired. From whatever he was doing. So did Edge. So. The money's right. You'll come out of retirement. Okay. Exactly, brother. They ain't going to pay that money for TakeOver, though. Remember that time that Terry Funk retired, then unretired, then retired, then unretired, then retired, then unretired? You know, he's actually. Terry Funk has actually come out of retirement one more time to have one more match in CZW against DJ Hyde. Um, Mm. is, Is supposed to be happening in the next couple months. And that was ju- announced just before all this other stuff about Deej came out. So, um, so we may see. You know that match will probably still happen. Well, but uh, uh, unless it, he retires, unless Terry, unless Terry decides not to, yeah, unless he stays retired, I guess is the thing. 
Yeah, that was coming out of retirement for the 80th time to wrestle one more time in CCW. Well, maybe he thought it was ECW. There you go. He's got a, he's bad eyesight. He heard yeah. him on the phone and he, on his on his uh straight talk mobile phone and yeah. uh you know oh, did you said ECW ECW okay. in Philadelphia yeah ECW back together again okay I'll come and work for uh uh-huh. I'll come back and work for you yeah we're getting the band uh, back together yeah what band the band you know Kevin Ash Scott Hall X Pot. They, they they were never in uh, in, in a band extreme. with Terry Funk. Terry Funk actually has recorded songs in Japan. One called "Tougher Than Shoe Leather." Tougher I've actually than seen shoe a leather. tougher shoe than leather shoe leather. I've actually seen. I mean, it it takes a beating. You know, it's on your shoe. That's that was an old. It was an also an old saying. You know, I'm tough as shoe leather because that has to be. You're walking on it all the time. It has to be a strong leather. Because your shoes take a beating when you're working out on the farm or the ranch or something. So he actually has uh, an album. You can buy copies of it. There's still somebody found found it. It's doing more recent pressings of Terry Funk singing "Tougher Than Shoe Leather." Well, I'm assu- I assume I it's, about it's, it's, it's a Grammy-worthy song. Sure. Uh, speaking of Grammy-worthy songs, has uh, have they nominated the Miz and and Morrison song yet? They just went ahead and gave him that one. They just gave him the award without a nomination. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So great. So great. That's great. Um, so NXT in your house. No, there's no Todd Pettingill. Uh, no, but... they're not giving away a house, unfortunately. <sighs> Who knows? Worthless. Uh, I know. They are giving us Tommaso Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. Yeah. Should be a one. That should be a good one. Quite uh, uh, you know, kind of thinking like I, I know it's uh, we are two weeks from Sunday, so it's not never too early for a prediction. But I was like, man, I just don't know who to pick in this. And of course, you have Karen Cross with this such a huge, you know, first impression, right? Do you really want to? Uh, yeah, does he really need know, to lose? Put him out? Yeah. Right. But then you also have champions like, oh man, you know, do you want him to lose? What if nobody uh, survives? What if Carla is the one who wins? I'm okay with that. She takes the pin. She gets the pin on Champa. Yep. Who knows? So uh, for a title match against uh, Charlotte, let's go. Look at that. Cool. But it doesn't. If she if she pins Champa, it sets her up for a title shot for the NXT Championship because Champa's still a top contender, even though he's not the number one contender. He's still probably within the top three. Just give Scarlet all the belts. Yeah. So yeah. So Champa versus Cross that should be a fun one. Uh, I gotta think that maybe the finals of the Cruiserweight Championship will be. Would be a part of this. It's probably it only makes sense that. Yeah. based on time. Yeah. You know, based on timing. So at least other Fantasma, which I think he's the winner will be Kushida. I don't understand why anybody else would win. There's no there's no other reason to give it to anybody else. Yeah, than Kushida. Yeah. 
So, so I think that that should be a fun match right there. Um, let, let's, I mean, based based on how we we've seen things happening, uh, who, who you guys see uh, as being part of this? Uh, do you, maybe do we see a rematch between the Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, or because Lord knows they love to rematch Adam Cole a lot. Yeah, Adam Cole ends up fighting the same people for six months before he moves on to the next guy. That would probably be the best, the safe bet is is Cole versus um, versus Dream, as there's not really anybody else who's set up as a top contender for Cole right now. Right. Uh, the battle between Bro and Thatcher's not over yet, so that they may do something with them. Yeah, maybe they get them um, at, at Takeover. Uh, Birch and uh, what is it with me? I'm forgetting names. Today. Um, Orny Lorkin. Lorkin, Orny yeah. Uh, they they seem to be. Uh, they were looking like they were mocking uh, the tag team champions after their victory uh, on Wednesday night. So that could be a fun match to watch. Yeah. Uh, as a tag team title match and. Uh, you know, they kind of started a thing with uh, the Garganos uh, and Keith Lee and Mia. Yeah, you know, they're they're couples, so you got to make them fight, yeah. just like the just like on the Indies. If they're a couple, then they got to team together, and they got to you know the girls got to start doing half the guys' moves, um, and then they they team up together and get a few bookings, and then maybe the couple splits. That's the indie way, right there. Yep. So that's, that seems to be uh, a thing that's going to that work, but I don't know if I'm so excited about it. Um, but alas, um, that that could Eric, happen. I mean, Eric and I have talked both about how we wish that Candace was given an identity outside of Johnny. Um, you know, be it good guy, bad guy, whatever. We just want. We just wish. She were able to get an identity slightly outside of her husband's, you know, and ultimately I hope Mia keeps that identity outside of her her significant other as well in this fight. But uh you I mean you never know. Because it might, is crazy. It, I mean, like you do know that they do exist outside of their significant others. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Well it's all and it's always the woman who kind of ends up falling in the shadow behind the guy. They usually they usually wait till the guy's a bigger star, even if, you know. I mean, to, yeah, they usually wait for the guy to be a bigger star and then put the, then push them together, and then she starts doing his moves or, or moves similar to him. I mean, Bree did that with, with Daniel, even though Bree had been on the roster for longer than Daniel Bryan, yeah. technically. You know, she was more known WWE people at first, but she was taking his moves, doing the kicks and, you know, that kind of thing. I think she did the the lock once or twice, too. A handful of times, and then Nikki created her own move, which is kind of like a mix between – John and Randy's finisher, but you know, with the, the rack, rack attack. attack. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Which seemed like it killed her more than it would the opponent. Well, you know, a lot of finishers are that way sometimes. You like know, the Styles it, Clash. Like you take a bigger bump. Yeah. Eric and I were talking about the Styles Clash and how it's, it's not that, it, it looks impactful, but if you slow it down and break it down, really, you just kind of hang the guy upside down and drop him on his stomach. Drop on his stomach at his knees, but it looks impactful. So AJ's like the greatest 
in-ring performer with possibly the worst finish in the history of wrestling. You know, like there's been other finishes that are worse, but never by somebody who else who otherwise has such an amazing in-ring uh, ability. And I feel like that's kind of why they moved him to the phenomenal forearm for a while too. And plus, well, I mean, even a TNA did that people. once he. TNA did that once he started going to more heavyweights. They they moved him to the phenomenal forearm, and then I think WWE did that for a while too. But he still does Styles Clash from time to time. I just missed the um, oh god, what did he call it? This the, the, the spinal calf, tap calf cutter. Oh, the spiral no, the tap. Spinal tap. Yeah, loved spiral that move with a spiral. Yeah, spiral as he twisted. Yeah. Not spinal tap like the band. That was the point. It was supposed to be slightly different. It was supposed to be a leg drop. That was why it was a tap. The first yeah. time he did it, though, he sat on Jerry Lynn, and so they kind of he kind of tweaked it to make it a senton um, instead. I mean, he did the springboard four fifty as a finish for some too. Yeah, but the Styles Clash is just kind of weak as as a finish ultimately. It seems. Well. Uh, I mean, I, I, we, we have heard, I mean, did somebody uh, get injured in the fed from taking the Styles Clash? I don't, I don't think so. Not in the Ellsworth fed. almost broke his neck, but. But that's Ellsworth, and, and nobody cares about him anymore because he, he messages underage girls on the Twitter. <laughs> so oh. nobody really talks about Ellsworth anymore. Wow. Um, but I don't think, I mean, Ellsworth probably took it funny, but I don't think anybody else did. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, there are some dangerous moves out there, but. You You could be thinking about the muscle buster. I mean, Tyson Kidd's career was ended by the muscle buster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember that one. You know, I think it might have been uh, Jimmy Dream that I was thinking about. But yeah, Maybe. I mean, he probably did him some favors with that. Doing uh, doing Ellsworth some favors? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he probably did help him get a few extra bookings based on, look, I don't have a broken neck. I can still wrestle. Mm-hmm. I was unable well, to tuck my chin because I don't have a chin. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I try to try to tuck my chin, and I drive near broke my neck. <laughs> I'm dying right now. Don't die. Get older first. Get older uh, first, so you can so you can understand all the things we're talking about, and then you can die. Yes. And you can right. say, "Up, oh, those old guys were right. Too bad they're already dead, so I can't share mm-hmm. them. Share it with them." Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, now. This uh, a week from last Saturday. Did I do that right? Or I said Sunday. What is the twenty third? Is that Saturday? Yeah, twenty third is Saturday. Yeah. Uh, okay, so a week from last Saturday, AEW will present double or nothing. Is this the second double or nothing? I can't remember. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a double or nothing twenty twenty. Yeah, I don't think they've numbered it. They've just they just continually call it double or yeah. nothing, double or nothing. It's not like it's um, double or nothing two or whatever. They are breaking the record for attendance here with zero. Well, technically zero paid, but 
I'm sure they they'll got... have some workers there, you know, yeah. cheering from front row, which I still have thoughts about that. That well, I, yeah. I wish not to share right now, but um, alas, for double or nothing, reasons. live on pay per view. For apparently fifty dollars, sixty dollars, yeah. or something yeah. outrageous like that. Insane. I mean, for one I know that, fifty dollars. Yeah, I know that we, that that code is all about tradition and all, and all these older guys are you know involved with the company. But do we really have to go back to that pricing structure? I mean, back if you want to go back far enough, just call do it twenty nine ninety five a month. You know that's how much they were in like nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. They were twenty nine ninety. You know twenty nine ninety five. Look, if I've already well, got to call my cable or satellite provider, I only want it to be twenty nine ninety nine. That's it. Well, now you don't have to call them. You know, you can just tell your remote control, record, order double or nothing. Yeah. That's you know, true. You can tweet my cable provider. You know, I, I don't know I, if that works I, or not. I mean, I, I think, think you can tweet them, but they take a while to respond. So, yeah. show might be over by the time they answer you. That's probably true. Yeah. Damn. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, call calling. Sure. I mean, you can just press a button, order it this day. Then again, you order it. Then eight o'clock comes. Show's not on. Then you start calling you. Pay-per-view provider, uh, two and a half hours into the show, they fix it, and you get to watch the main event. Isn't that what you already paid for anyways? Right? I mean, so, that's all you paid for was the main event. Yeah, that's the only match you want to see. So, in the end, you get your money's worth. But here yeah. is what you're getting. Um, and and it's, it's time to make some uh, predictions. Uh, predictions. If, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, but I got I got my head full of hair, so my predictions are now bold. So, oh. I said bold, they're, bold. It's not the same thing, bold. No, and bold, bold, and bald. B a l d and b o l d. Wait, there's two spellings for this word. It's not the same word. I'm telling you. I thought they were the same word. No, bold and bald are two different words. I thought it was the same word with two different meanings. No. It's just get on with your predictions, man. I'm not going to explain English to you. I don't want to do an English lesson. <laughs> I'm still I'm still being Americanized here, so I've yeah. learned something new. Alright. In the particular order. Uh, in the tournament final for the inaugural AEW TNT Championship. Which is gonna be named after a TV a TV channel, but not aired on the TV channel. A little weird, but okay. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes in his corner versus Lance Archer with Jake Roberts in his corner. Uh, I'm I'm going with Cody on this one. I mean, I mean I think what's the point of having your own promotion if you can't give yourself? If you're not going to put yourself belt. a belt in the middle, mm-hmm. of the t- you know, I mean, he has he didn't give himself the the main belt. You might as well give yourself the the TV title, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going Lance Archer, just despite Cody, even though you probably think that Cody's going to win. 
I'm going with Lance Archer. <laughs> yeah. MJF versus Jungle Boy. Yeah. Uh, MJF. It's be a match. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with MJF. Yeah, That match is totally happening. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt here. MJF uh, is the devil here. Yeah. John, John Moxley versus Brody Lee for the AEW World Championship. Or as they would say, the AEW World's Championship. World's Championship. So still, even I, even, yeah, um, that's dumb. But anyways. I think Moxley hangs on to it. I think Moxley keeps the belt for a little bit longer. Yeah, I think it's too early for this match anyway. Um, but yeah, I think Moxley retains, even though I'd love to see Brody win it. Yeah, um, I, I I do think, yeah, Moxley here, but um, I'm just going to go with the surprise and be like, I think Brody Lee will win it. I think um, I, I, I think yeah, I'm going Brody Lee. I don't know why, but I feel like they want to surprise you. And, yeah. So Brody Lee, it will definitely give him a big, big, big bump here with the uh, with him joining uh, AEW and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. It, it might bring. It, it might make his uh, world order or whatever the heck, he, the Dark Order, Dark Order, Dark a little bit more less of a joke. Because I mean, to me, it just seems kind of jokey. It's a little bit jokey, yeah. But that's called indie wrestling. Everything's a little bit jokey, but a little bit it's everything's a lot of bit jokey, but a little bit serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, a casino ladder match for a future AEW World Championship match. Uh, Darby Allen versus Cole Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus the Luchasaurus. Versus another member to be announced on Saturday. Uh, I think it's... Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going with TBA. You're going with TBA announced? Whoever it is, they're going to win? Yes. Yeah. TBA? TBA? And I think TBA is going to be Zack Ryder. Really? Why not? You think? I mean, it could be. I'm just, I'm just one. I'm just, you know, is this just a weird guess, or do you have some kind of hunch or inside yeah. information that you're not willing to share mm-hmm. with us yet? I mean, Zach and Cody There's are like good. best friends, but I mean, he also did say in the interview he doesn't want it to be friends wrestling. Yeah, but at the same time, like you, his quote unquote best friend in wrestling is QT Marshall, and he's in the company. He's Got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and they're all really good friends, and they're in the company. That's I mean, why he like, didn't want to bring more friends. That's the joke, okay? That's what he said. But, he didn't want to. He didn't want to be only his, the friends of Cody. Only guys who are friends together. You gotta have thing some is, to is, hate each other and fight. Zach has talent, and I feel like Cody could potentially utilize Zach better than WWE did. Because I mean, let's be honest. We're not wrestling promoters, but I'm pretty sure we could book Zack Ryder better than WWE did. Um, Listen, they, they, they may have a multi-time 
tag team and intercontinental or U.S. champion. They, he he held many titles. All right, he held four over the span of fifteen years. That's more than some people. That's right. How many times has Mark Henry held a belt? How many times has Titus O'Neil held a belt? Listen, how 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 many titles did the Broken Brawler win? There you oh. go. Well, he yeah, was yeah. yeah, but he was a guy who had been with the company for you know a like long 30 time. years. And Mark Henry has won. Look, okay, look, four. Zach Ryder, Zach Ryder has Just won as many as Zach. Look, Zach Ryder has won more, more championships than Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon has been in the company since he be, he started it. Vince McMahon's been a been an ECW champion and WWE champion. Yeah, Didn't Zach Ryder never even sniffed those. No, that's not true. Zach Ryder had a match against Christian for the ECW title. Yep, back, back before it. So okay, so whatever. So you think it's going to be Zach just because you think he and Cody are buddies and Zach will come in? Yes. Okay. That's the story he's telling. That's the story he's sticking with. I think Orange Cassidy because okay. I'm not a super big fan of him, but he's really, really crazy over with the crowd. The crowd loves him, and I think that people would want to see Cassidy in a title match, be it against Mox or or Brody Lee. Um, okay, you know I th- I think Darby's had Dar. I my two picks would be Darby or, or Orange Cassidy based on how how over they are with the crowd, but I think Orange Cassidy, because Darby's had his opportunities, and Cassidy hasn't had his his opportunities lately against the championship, and he's just, you know, he had this great match this past week, and everybody's talking, oh, he's one of the best, you know, he's so good, he's so good, he's so good, and so I think they give him this. Okay. I'm going with Ray Phoenix. I knew you'd go with Phoenix, because he's one of your favorites. I mean, he is a world caliber wrestler. I'm not saying he's not. I just and knew that that was going to be your pick because I know you love, you're a big fan of his. Of course, uh, I, I think out of all those people, to me, you know, it, it'd be cool. Uh, he is great, and look, he almost died on Wednesday. Okay, so you get you got to. You know, you gotta That's give. That's true. When, no, when nobody, when nobody caught him. Yeah, they, well, they caught his feet. That's about him. it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that, they caught his feet. Yeah. It was painful to watch. It was. But, a little, it was a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I say give him a shot. Uh, but yeah, and so that's that. Um, do you think? Okay, so here's a, a question. Uh, do you think that your selection, your pick, has a shot at becoming the AEW World Champion? Not a chance. No, I don't think Cassidy wins the belt. I no think no chance good... in hell? I'm not going to say that because that belongs in another company. And we do everything we can. In AEW, we do everything we can to let you know we're not that company. By hiring... Almost everybody from that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that were neglected, not used, and you know, fired for weird reasons. Like, hey, it sounds like Zack Ryder. That's why he's. That's why he has no chance in hell of winning the title. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay, where were we in that? Yeah, okay. 
I, I don't match. see any. I don't see anybody except for Ray Phoenix having that shot. Um, so for the AEW women's, I still get tongue tied when I say AEW, um, especially because we have AEWE. But AEW yeah, Women's World it. Championship, uh, no disqualification, no countout. Nyla Rose will defend against Hikaru Shida, um, who's uh, who's phenomenal. But uh, yeah. Uh, I think I think the Rose is gonna retain. I, I don't see I, I don't see why. I think just keep feeding her a bunch of uh wrestlers is just the way to go right now. Um I want Sheeta to win, but I see what you're saying. There's not necessarily a reason for um for her to to win right now. Not really a reason for Sheeta to win. Nyla can keep it yeah. and uh, and keep just destroying people. It to me just makes sense that the title change whenever she does lose the title happens in front of a, an actual crowd because I think that's the biggest payoff right there when somebody finally slays the monster. Yeah. And if 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 real fans not Fake people in the crowd, uh, you know. I think that you get that natural reaction. I think it'll be much bigger, and it'll make whoever wins the belt even that much bigger. Yeah. So uh, I don't think it's time yet. Don't care. Make your women's division less of a joke if you actually want me to care. <laughs> How is Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida a joke? I know. How are they? Just because you don't like Britt Baker doesn't mean the whole division's a joke. The entire division's a joke. It's terrible. Like, did anybody see the Chris spot from the other night? She completely missed Britt, and then they sold That's it. That's the like Statlander's she... kind of sloppy. You have to sell it if somebody hits. If somebody mm. does that mm. on live TV, you sell it. You don't know sell. You don't know sell it. Their division's a joke. Statlander's sloppy. Britt's not great. Nyla's okay for a powerhouse monster. Hikaru Shida's great. Yeah, Britt's a a dentist, if you didn't know. Um, We haven't seen Kong in, what, since week three, maybe? Priestley's trash. Big Swole hasn't done anything since the first time she was there. Brandy's trash. Ali's now a manager. Emmy is kind of mm. not really there as much. Hikaru's the best one on their roster. Leva's definitely Leva Bates. Melanie She's Cruz. Not really wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Melanie Cruz is just what? Muscle at this point. Penelope's uh Getting married. sidekick. Yeah, sidekick. Yeah. Riho's already had her title. Sadie Gibbs is okay, but I don't think she can come in the country right now. Shanna's okay, and then Yuka's all right. So, I mean, like, your division's not that great. There are so many good women out there that you can sign, and we have this. <laughs> well, you know what they say, Rome was not built in a day. It's been a year. It took well, more you know, than that to be built. years, right? So... They, they they gotta lose some enough money before they start trying to do better. 
happening. There you go. I'm just saying they're bringing in guys left and right. Why can't we bring in women? I mean, who's who would you say is out there a free agent right now that they could sign? Other than anybody who may have, let's say, I'm going to put the elite talent uh, on 90-day non-compete. So who can they sign right now? Uh, let's see. Charlie Evans, Jessica Troy, Shazza McKenzie, uh, Madison. She's stuck. These people yeah, are all in Australia. Yeah. I, I want people who are in the U.S. You want people in the U.S.? Yeah, US I want a lot to yeah. travel. Yeah. Ashley Vox, Delmi Exo, Samantha Heights when she comes Ash, back. From Ashley is doing, Ashley is working a lot with NWA Power. So she's probably true. got a little loyalty to them right now. Um, yeah. I mean, pretty much most of the. <laughs> Anybody you didn't name. <laughs> Most of the good Americans are already signed to good promotions. There you go. Exactly. I mean, they, I think they're and right trying now to do the because they're trying to do right now the best with what they can and what they have. And then once mm. things kick up again, maybe they'll sign another big batch of people, or they'll bring in some of the people who who are good that they haven't used as much. But right now, everybody's on restricted rosters, so that means you get some of the same people who may or may not be that great. You get to see them a lot. But I mean, this has pretty much been the roster since day one for the women. I, I, I mean, I will say this. Uh, I, I, I have not been thrilled with the women's division at AEW, so I agree with you. They do need a little improvement, but I just don't think it's something that is, you know, it's going to change overnight. it to soon. It's yeah, just going to take yeah. it's gonna take a while for them to figure out what they need to do with that. Because just because you're maybe a good at promoting show. I mean, in reality, look at all the shows, right? They, they're all guys, and all they do is just flippy stuff. You know, if you, you go back to All In, they had just one match with four women. That's it. Everything else was just all the guys. I think in any a guy, it's hard for people to really understand the true way to uh, to book women. I don't think. I mean, I think a lot of people try and do it, but not many people do it very well. You know, uh, but I think I don't know. Eventually, they could get there. It's just it's not gonna. It's gonna take time. Uh, speaking, yeah. So speaking of women, uh, Britt Baker versus uh, Chris Statlander. I think the doctor gets the W here. Is this yeah, match even happening? Apparently, it's happening, yeah. I thought she blew her knee it? out last night. Who? Britt? Britt, yeah. I thought she blew uh, her knee out. As far, as, far as, Wikipedia, as far as Wikipedia says, the match is still happening, and that's what we're going by. The almighty wiki. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I haven't heard otherwise. Uh, I mean, it's it's very possible that that they, she could be out, uh, and they'll do something. But yeah. still, they, I mean, they could do like a thing where, like, oh, she comes into the ring and fakes an injury and then hits yeah. her chain and sets up for a match later when she's healthy. Yeah, but yeah. no, they they. they it, it still, so yeah, so I yeah, so with that, I don't know. 
we'll see. But then, since you did bring out a good thing, a good question, uh, I think, I think, I think that Sound is still going to get to wrestle a match. They're going to try to do something, some angle or something, yeah. because we're still at this restricted, you know, restricted thing. They're not just going to swap a new opponent for for Statlander. You know, unless unless something they get bad news over the next day or two, like Britt's got to have surgery yeah. or you know something. Which I wouldn't be surprised if she was injured, uh, like long term, like if she was out. I mean, because that was a nasty looking injury. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, next up, uh, we we'll get to the pre-show in a bit. Uh. Broken Matt Hardy and the Elite versus the Inner Circle in a stadium stampede match. We're going to be fighting in a stadium next door to um, to Dally's pa- place here in Jacksonville, Florida. So, yeah, this match, too big for uh, for a, a little concert, stay, concert field, so they're going to fight in the stadium. I think the elite take the win. I think it's a big event. I think you need to give the elite a big win and a big event. You know, the inner circle have been dominant for a long time, but now that the elite's kind of forming back together and they're, you know, they're bringing their bonds closer together. They're not as intertwined in individual stories. I think teaming together, I think they're going to be, they're going to be the dominant faction. Yeah. It's time for Elite to come back and continue to rule the world. Uh, inner Circle. The Elite. The, the Elite. The Elite. The, the Elite. Are you not an Elite fan? No. Mm? Not even shame, close. Shame. I, well, I'm, I'm only a fan of uh, what I call the, 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 the quartet of the uh, Golden Elite there. Uh, Kenny, uh, the Bucks, and uh, another name I forgot. What's his name? Oh my gosh, Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, yeah, Ibushi, yeah. He's the Golden Star with the Elite, yeah. Yeah, they called themselves for a very brief time. Yeah, they were the Golden Elite. Still yeah, gonna get me that t-shirt. I was Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's available at twenty percent off uh this this weekend for the big wrestling tees dot com. I don't buy my t shirts from there. No. Well, then you won't get twenty percent off on this weekend's big Memorial Day sale going on now. I'm totally okay with it. Twenty percent off? I bet you that twenty percent off comes from the wrestlers piece. And they already get yeah. very little from the t shirt sales. On PWT, so let's not go on the ramble there. Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Uh, I think the old man gives uh, Sean uh, Spears the rub here. I think Sean yeah. will uh, will take the dubs. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think Dustin puts him over. It's, it's the only thing to do. I mean, you can have both roads win the, on the same night. Then you get people are gonna start taking something up. 
Nice. And uh, a tag team match, uh, number one contender match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Are Omega and uh, Hangman Page still the tag champs? Uh, I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, pro- yeah, I think so. And that's why there's a number one contendership match because the tag team titles themselves are not on the line because they're in the inner circle elite battle. All right, then good to know. Then with that, pa- private party versus best friends. Uh, because you know somebody hates me, I'm gonna go with best friends winning this match. Yeah, I'm going with the best friends too. If if uh, if the uh, if the elite are the champs, that that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I like Chucky e. T and Trent though. So I love Trent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Patrick has a long storied hatred for Chuck Taylor. Screw Chuck Taylor. I mean, it works. Danny, um, I think you go with Private Party. Um, yeah, I think you go with Private Party right away. They get another shot at the belts. Um, and uh, and maybe they win them. Maybe they don't. We'll see. Well, there's only one way to find out. Live on pay-per-view this Saturday night from Jacksonville, Florida. It's All Elite Wrestling Presents, Double or Nothing. All right. So there we are. Uh, That is going to be our predictions. Uh, We'll see next week if we were right or if you were wrong. And yeah, take it from there. Uh, now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've actually been looking forward to this uh, more than usual. I mean, I do enjoy going back and looking at past shows, but when this idea came in my uh, in a dream to me about uh, doing like instead of a whole show, just picking five matches from a wrestler. Um, I didn't know how if you guys were gonna be into the idea, uh, but you guys were, and I actually, I actually after watching these matches, yeah, I was like, I'm into it, I digged it. Uh, so here we are. Uh, we just had to highlight one wrestler and pick five matches uh, for from said wrestler's uh, repertoire, and well, uh, this week was uh, Danny's choice. And Danny, uh, go ahead and tell us who you chose and why. My pick was uh, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. Um, he's one of the guys that, you know, has I've been a longtime fan of. When I got back into wrestling as a teenager, it was mostly because of him. I just gravitated towards him as a character, as a fighter, as as this battling from underneath his matches were, you know, he always had these great matches and his finisher was always, was always outstanding. The way he could hit the diamond cutter from so many different ways was so cool. 
even watching stuff of the this stuff back here, it's it, I'm still popping. I still get super excited when he was hitting it when we were watching these old matches. But also, just Diamond Dallas Page as a guy, you know, is something that is is just relatable. As he's just positive, trying to help people better themselves. Um, you know, not I mean, yes, he's making a lot of money off of it, but I feel there's a lot of genuine sincerity. Like a lot of the way he talks sounds kind of corny, but it still sounds kind of cool coming from him. Like if I saw just about anybody else call me bro and do this and do this, I'd be like, dude, that sounds so lame. Like you sound like such a jerk talking like that. But when he says it, it still sounds kind of cool. Okay. Like there's just this thing about him. He just has this presence and this aura, this charisma. Um, and he just put on these kind of matches that, that were believable fights and you could get invested in. Um, and I guess that's just one of the, some of the many reasons why, I love Diamond Dallas Page, and I wanted to take a look at and talk about, you know, a handful of of what we kind of picked would be some of his bigger matches, some of his more memorable matches um, from across across his career. And we are going to go in the chronological order, and uh, we're going to start uh, with, of course, I think a match that defined uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, for the rest of his life, basically brought him into superstardom. Uh, and that is Spring Stampede 1997. Uh, of course, this is against Randy Savage in a no-DQ match. Uh, leading into this, uh, Paige's wife, Kimberly, had posed uh, for Playboy. And in the storylines, uh Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth had, uh, you know, attacked Kimberly. Um, of course, not only that, but Diamond Dallas Page had been offered a spot with the NWO, and he had uh, very, very rudely turned them down. Um, so here we are. He was enemy numero uno. Uh, for the NWO, and all sides were in him. So a really big grudge match here between Page and Savage in what was the main event of the evening. Uh, no Hulk Hogan uh, on this show. So here we are. Yeah, it was, Page and I mean, they, Randy Savage. They talked about it a lot as being like, you know, this is, you know, can Diamond Dallas step up to the big time? Can he be a big time player? They talked about it a lot on commentary too. Like, this is the biggest match of his career, the biggest match of his career, you know, the biggest spotlight he's ever had. Um, and my, Randy Macho Man Savage at the height of his madness character, which was so great because he was, uh, if you caught the promos before and Randy's, entrance to the ring he's like talking about this big party we're gonna have i'm hey elizabeth i'm gonna bring 14 to 16 ladies you got a problem with that and she's like no i don't he's like don't have a problem with it slim jim's for everybody you know like crazy <laughs> just rambling talking nonsense but then he goes in the ring and he's unhinged like he's crazy and he wants to hurt people and you believe it and he's hurting announcers and he's slapping around dave penzer and pushing around michael buffer and like He's unhinged. He's crazy. Like he's one minute he's jambering, you know, crazy nonsense. The next minute he's trying to hurt anybody who gets in his way. Um, 
just a great matchup between two guys at their peak, one of which, you know, Randy was still kind of there at the top and DDP was up there working his way towards that top. Um, fantastic brawling, bra- mostly brawling match, as you would expect in a heated grudge match and was kind of DDP style. And DDP, one of his, one of my favorite things of him was that he was a great feud wrestler. He would do good stories and long stories against the same guys. And he would, he would do passion and anger and, and frustration and fighting for, you know, fighting against the odds so well. And he, he showed that, you know, in this match against Savage. Yeah, I I definitely think so. Uh, You know, going into this match, uh, we had seen Damondell's page in, you know, in a lot of different ways. You know, we we saw him early in his career, uh, you know, with as a manager, the, yeah, yeah. Man, manager. You know, he was with uh, the Kevin Nash and Hall, uh, and other personas, and then uh, he went on to just be this uh, diamond guy. I remember him, Kimberly, and uh, Max Muscle uh, being a, a trio thing, and then you know the whole him losing all his money, going homeless, then uh, you know winning the uh, Battle Bowl. Uh, which kind of went nowhere, uh, but yeah, it's just uh, a lot of things. And you know, even uh, feuding with the Bully Man, if anybody remembers that, I, I try to forget. We, we try to forget. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think he got the rub with his, you know, with his friend Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and I think put him to the test. Can he become the guy? And of course, we all know the history. Him being friends with uh, Eric Bischoff being a thing that really held him back because you know he, you know Eric Bischoff only can play favoritism to one man and one man only, and uh, Diamond Dallas Page was not it, and uh, so yeah, but he was given the chance, and here he got it, and he took it all the way uh, to well now Smyrna, Georgia. Uh, with DDP Yoga, and who knew a guy in his what thirties or forties? I believe at this point, he he started Finally. wrestling. When he started wrestling in nineteen ninety one, he was thirty four years old, and that was when he first got his uh, contract with WCW. He managed a little bit, and then he became a wrestler. So he was training to be a wrestler at like thirty three, thirty four years old. And but so by this time he was already you know into his mid thirties, late thirties. So here we are, Springston Pete. Man, uh, I think this is chaotic, but chaotic in a good way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. It's um, it's one I remember watching when I was littler, but I haven't. I really haven't watched it in quite some time. Um, I I did watch the pre-match promos with um, TDP and Macho because on the way to the ring, like when he was doing the whole Slim Jims for everyone, I was yeah, I was, was dying. Like, what is he talking about? He's lunatic. He's crazy. And what's what made it even better is just Liz is just like uh huh yeah Macho watch, mm-hmm. walking around nodding her head uh huh yeah like no, yep that's, that's this is him. Perfect. This is... That makes perfect sense. That's absolutely everything you're saying makes perfect and utter sense. Um, but like, 
it was so cool to me because like you know this was a blood like a culmination of a blood feud because of everything that savage did to kim and like it to me when they were when when macho was getting in the ring they kept cutting to ddp and you just like you were seeing like his leg twitching like oh when you step in that ring when you step in the yeah, ring he's like, wait, he's like waiting for him to get into the ring yeah exactly and like i love mannerisms like that because it it makes it seem real and it makes it seem like this is life or death and i loved it and the match was really good uh, I really did like it when he threw Pinzer down and slapped him across the face. I mean, he there. he beat Pinzer up two or three times, taking his yeah. chair. And then- yeah, and what made it even better is like he just like he slapped Pinzer to the ground, and Pinzer's just laying there, and then he grabs a chair and he just walks up to him and he just looks down and just stomps him and gets back in. And the like, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then the way that he treated natural national treasure, uh, Michael Buffer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I loved it. Like that match was what I loved about WCW. It was just so good. And the set, I was, I texted danger earlier. I was like, that spring stampede set is phenomenal. I, I want it in my backyard right now. Well, uh, you know, you could make it happen. Uh, but That's yeah, it's probably just sitting in a warehouse somewhere waiting for yeah. somebody to buy it. Well, we may find out soon enough because, you know, WWE uh, is coming out with a new TV show uh, on uh, either Discovery or one of those weird channels uh, where they're going to go through and find this memorabilia stuff. So who knows? Maybe I'm excited for that. That'll be interesting. I'm really intrigued. I like the American Pictures show, and I like that kind of style of show. So if it's done well, it'll be a lot of fun. Exactly. And basically, if it's not, if it's not produced by WWE, it'll be fun. Is that I what mean, you're saying? Pretty, yeah, kind of. That's <laughs> that's why I'm glad it's coming on a real network and not like just coming to the WWE network. Yeah. But yeah, I think that it was. I mean, they they were fighting all over the crowd. I mean, the crowd was you know going boink. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, anytime wrestlers got the crowd, you know, of course. The poor, poor security guy catch up with these guys, uh, and they, the AP was a big, you know, other people kind of like being with the crowd all the time. So you know, uh, it, it can make it easier for uh, for for security to keep up. But yeah, just from the get go, they were just beating on each other, and uh, you know that at one point was you know, right before the end when uh, with with the time bell. The, you know, where Kimberly took it away from Macho Man, and then, uh, then we get that sequence, and then the referee bump, and then uh, Nick Patrick comes out all, uh, you know. All bad boyed up. Yeah, yeah exactly. With his no sleeves on, his earrings in, he was ready to be a bad dude. He, he must have missed the uh, bad referee school class because uh, – I think that, that, the way that they – well, the way that they talked about it was that he was, like, helping Kevin Nash out earlier. And so that's why Nash was also on the apron at the end of the match. And then Nash gets in there afterwards to try and, you know, rough up Neil, Nick Patrick, like, what the heck are you doing? You're supposed to count for us. But Nick Patrick, you know, even though he was getting pay from W from NWO, he still had to do his duty as a referee. Yeah. I like yeah. that part too. That was definitely an interesting one. Cause I was expecting when I first saw this match the first time, man, 
and and back this time because I have forgotten exactly how it ended. Uh, yeah, I was expecting that that you know the slow count, you know the bad. Yeah, I was expecting dude. it too. Yeah, and especially because I, I remember that Nick, Nick Patrick was playing the whole neck injury thing at one point. But I guess it hadn't happened yet. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, I was hoping him like all oh, like slow one two three, but I uh, know it's a, a clean finish here for Diamond Dallas Page, but then uh, breakup turmoil sequence number fifteen of for the NLEO occurred. Um, yeah, and yeah, we saw some slapping going around. And uh, jackknife onto the Nick Patrick. Yep. And after yeah. the match, you could see like Kimberly trying to say to Dallas Page, "Let's get the heck out of here right now." Okay, wake yeah, up. Yeah, she's like, "We, gotta, get, we out gotta, gotta get out of here." Wake up, get out of here. Let them fight it out. Yeah. What's crazy to me is, did you guys see Nash's hair? It was so obviously dyed. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was, yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, he's he he dyes his hair a lot, and sometimes it's a little more obvious than others. Yeah, I remember that too. In WCW, he'd be like. Ooh, that's like a fresh bad dye job. Like that's a box of just for men just this afternoon, you know? Like it was so yeah. unnaturally a dark color or whatever. And what I, I, I think asked... that... Go ahead, Patrick. I, I'm sorry. No, I think that's one of the reasons why he didn't make a full time return to WWE uh you know last like 10, 15 years ago, is because Vince liked him with the dark black hair. And in order for his hair to be dark all the time, he had to like color it like every other day. Yeah, and it's a lot. Uh, I was gonna say with all the um, the hoopla about the last dance going on, I really did enjoy the um, the end segment where Heenan was like, "Hogan, you better get on your cell phone and call Dennis Rodman because the NWO's in shambles right now." Well, he probably was with with, with Rodman. Probably. They were really good friends. Mm. Yeah, so that was match number one for uh, Diamond Dallas Page. And, of course, his career skyrocketed from this. Uh, he was still not using the, 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 the Nirvana knockoff. No, he was. Just they, just ed- they just they edited dubbed it. it. Yeah, that they was it. Did they? Yeah, because even in... Because even in the later matches, even in the, the later ones we watched, when he fights Goldberg, they dubbed it. Because there was apparently right. a legal a little bit of a legal battle um with Nirvana, you know, because it sounded so similar to it. Smells Like Teen Spirit. And because at first I was thinking maybe they were not using it, but I was like, I thought no. surely by ninety eight they were using it, which I started yeah. finding odd when I watched that match. Uh, but yeah, okay. So I stay corrected. Okay, that makes sense. It was so. Uh, if you so listen, we did not get the. If you listen real closely, I've learned on these hear stuff. Like a look, you can a still little hear bit it in the background. Yeah, because because yeah, I heard the self high five, and then it's like it's just like this generic, boring. Yeah, and the crowd's popping and the music like like the regular one when it hits and all that stuff and yeah. Yeah. Dub music sucks. It's so bad. It, it it so takes me out of the moment, like when you're trying to nostalgia and then you hear a different song than what you remember. Exactly. Well, you know, 
Vince picks his battles with you know with this music, right? So yeah, he, he wouldn't do it for Paige, but hey, he did it for uh, CM Punk. He did and he did it for Ronda. Yeah. But yeah, so okay, we go a year later. Okay, now the Diamond Dallas, the DDP train is uh, full board. Everybody's on it, and we're just going. In 1998, they we're going back to uh, Spring Stampede again the next year, uh, and Randy Savage is still in the main event. Uh, in the show, but not against Diamond Dallas Page. But Diamond Dallas Page is in the co-main event, uh, defending his United States Heavyweight Championship against uh, Raven, who, of course, uh, com- you know, with the entire Ravens flock in a Ravens rules match. As every Raven match was a Ravens rules match. Um yeah, so this was the yeah semi main event of yet again Spring Stampede. Um, Raven had stolen the belt, so he came out with the belt, but he was not the champion. DDP was champion going into this match. Um, you want to talk about a brawl with shenanigans? Well, the you know it's any Ravens rules match. It's a brawl. Weapons get involved. They went all over the place, using and breaking up a lot of the set. Um, my favorite is when they're over there and Tony Schiavone yells, he just, br- he just hit him right on the website. Because they're over there like at this table with two laptops, like typing up updates for AOL.com slash WCW, you know, like, <laughs> and, and like he's, and like he just slammed him on the website. Like, that's not how the internet works, Tony. He didn't actually slam him on the internet. Okay. <laughs> he's like, he slammed him on a table that you had laptops at. That's like one of my favorite calls in the whole match. He just slammed. He just slammed him right there on the website. There goes the website. Like, there goes WCW.com. You know, like, oh my goodness. Lee Marshall's got his hands up like he's caught in the cookie jar or something. Like, you know, like Bobby <laughs> Heenan says something about that. Oh, I love Lee Marshall too. He was so good. But I digress for a different story. But um, yeah, it's just so funny when he slams him over there, and then you get like literally all the flock involved people you didn't even know were in the flock, people that were still trying to get into the flock. And then the end comes when a new member of the flock is debuted as, and he was dressed as like a grip. They're like, he was a grip handling cable earlier. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah. And it still wearing his uh, crew t-shirt. Yeah. And we would find out eventually that it was Horace Boulder, the nephew of Hulk Hogan. Um, And he would be only in the flock for a little bit before eventually leaving and joining the NWO. Uh, you know, the he was he was really more like NWOC team to be honest, but uh, it wasn't even the B squad, but um, yeah, we respect the B squad, too yeah, much, too much. yeah, to, to put, throw Horace in there, but he was uh, NWO by namesake, there you go, by 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 lineage, by birthright, um, exactly. <laughs> but the big thing they kept putting over is that the winner of this match would fight Goldberg the next night would defend the, the, the U.S. championship against Goldberg as Goldberg was was on his meteoric rise, had yet to win a championship, and would be fighting the winner. So that kept saying, like, you know, what kind of shape is the winner going to be in? Like, you got to be in the top. You got to be in your top game to go against Goldberg. And these guys are, like, beating the hell out of each other. Like, what's going to be left for Goldberg even, you know? Like, 
Well, so, we, we learned what was going to be left for Goldberg. So a, a spear and a jackhammer. That's all that Goldberg was going to need to beat Raven, pretty much. But um, Raven wins with the help of Forrest Boulder. Hits the DDT on the kitchen sink. You know that they had brought in. Um, DDP puts the valiant effort against nine different guys, but ultimately <laughs> falls. Um, you know, hits a really cool diamond cutter on Kidman. Um, yeah. But uh, but yet again, great match, great brawl, great feud between DDP and Raven. You know, that would also involve Red Acted and uh, also, you know, Perry Saturn would get involved and Kanye would get involved and it would just be this long, big thing. And that was one of the things that, that drew, I love so much about WCW at this time was, was Diamond Dallas Page and his feud against the flock because he was so good at these feud battles and these long storylines. Um, so I really like the uncensored three-way, but this one also holds a different place. Um, it's just because it's, yet again, it's a bigger, higher-profile match. I really liked this match. Uh, this was the match that I picked because I love both men involved. Raven is one of my um, <clears throat> unsung favorites. I feel like he really doesn't get the credit he deserves. I feel like he's always been an underrated worker. Um, but it was crazy to me that after he had stolen the title, he even came out in the champion's position. Like, DDP came out first. And, you know, usually the challenger comes out first. Um, but Raven, yeah. Raven enters. And then well, they mentioned that because Paige wanted to get out there and fight faster, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I think Shivani had a good call, or was it? It might have been Heenan that had a good call. They were fighting, and then they grabbed the kitchen sink and hit him with it. And he was like, "Wow, he even uh, he even has a kitchen sink in his back pocket." And I was who like, "Who doesn't?" He's like, "Who yeah. doesn't?" We you don't care care with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I was, I I love WCW commentary so much. It's so good. Um, but yeah, this was a really good match they brawled everywhere they even hit him on the wells fargo uh yeah dove uh, off the wells fargo van you yeah know, uh stagecoach that was crazy um into the bales of hay yeah that they, i think shivani was like he's even rolling in hay like <laughs> yes we we get it we can see it <laughs> um but um i think it was a good time for raven to get a title even though it was very very short lived. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was nice to see the the entire flock essentially get decimated by DDP. Like it was like diamond cutter here, and then here comes sick boy. Diamond cutter to sick boy. Diamond cutter and then to Reese. Stop sign shot. Stop sign. Yeah. Shot. Throws the stop yeah. sign. Smashes it. You know, like yeah, exactly. And then Raven gets the win off the help of uh, Horace. Um. Really good match. I had, I don't think I had seen this match uh, since '98, um, so it was good to revisit it. Yeah, it, it definitely was a wild, crazy match. Of course, expected to be with you know Ravens rules matches. Uh, it was going to be full of gimmickry, but that that was what was I think very fun about it. Uh, and it would not be the last time, of course, that. These guys would uh, wrestle as they continue on their feud for a few more months, uh, and, and then a little bit change. You know, we start seeing the superstardom 
of uh, Diamond Dallas Page uh, really get shine bright because he may have lost a championship in this match, but he led to greater things because later on at Bash of the Beach, he tag team with Carmelo Malone uh, versus Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Uh, then goes on to uh, the next uh, pay-per-view, uh, which I believe was for Brawl. Uh, no, it was Road Wild, uh, yeah. where he tagged team with Jay Leno uh, and were victorious uh, versus Hulk Hogan uh, and Eric Bischoff, uh, which then, of course, led him to be in the main event of Fall Brawl in War Games, um, where uh, Team WCW, I think it was, uh, and defeated uh, the NWO uh, Black and White. Is NWO Hollywood, right? What they were called? And they were Hollywood at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and we, we should match, right? Because Diamond Dallas Page, Roddy Roddy Piper, and Warrior. Uh, what a trio! The one Warrior yeah. Nation. Yeah. So it was, t- uh, it was uh, Team WCW versus Team NWO Hollywood versus Team NWO Wolfpack. Uh, but, yeah, I remember that one because, oddly, Stevie Ray was part of Team Hollywood. I'm like... Yeah, because he, he had left. He had he had split from Booker, and, mm-hmm. yeah, he joined NWO. Yeah, NWO Hollywood. Yeah. Him and Horace Boulder uh, were like the C yeah. team. Yeah. We, which, of course, leads us to our third match. Uh, uh, on our list, and probably what many could call uh, the best uh, Diamond Dallas Page pay per view match not to be seen on pay per view. Uh, as as soon as this match started, it uh, it went off the air. Uh, because the pay per view feed cut off they, a lot yeah, of networks. They, right? they ran out of time. Timing was an issue. Twelve matches uh, on Halloween Havoc. Uh, and they spend uh, too much of it on who knows what. Uh, so oh, here probably. we didn't get to see the full match on pay-per-view. So I guess this is one of those instances where uh, people did not get their money's worth because they didn't get to see the main event. And, of course, uh, let's not even get started on uh, Hogan versus Warrior. Uh, but, yeah, for the World WCW World Heavyweight Championship, Goldberg defending uh, versus Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, of course, the match uh, is able to be seen in this entirety. Uh, also, they, where they showed it on Monday Nitro the next night. Uh, probably uh, my favorite, uh, or in my opinion, the best Goldberg match I've seen. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Goldberg, because most of his matches were much shorter. You know, they were more one-sided, where the thing I liked about this is it can be difficult to do, but when it's done well, it's done so well, and it's to make a good guy versus good guy match that has, it's essentially they were fighting, you know, they didn't hate each other. They respected each other, okay? But... They were fighting because they both wanted the championship. They both wanted to be the top guy in professional wrestling and world championship wrestling. So although there was not the usual dynamic of good guy versus bad guy, um, they both went in there. It was intense in the, in the context of uh, a, a sport 
you know, as in you, two of the top athletes want to compete to be the best. Uh, great match. You know, both guys show weakness. Goldberg is working over the leg or working over the arm of DDP some, and they're like, Oh, well, you know, it's to set up the, it's so that DDP can't hit the diamond cutters effectively. Um, and then Goldberg goes for the big spear in the corner, which I don't know if he ever hit throughout the course of his career, but he then smashes into the post because DDP moves um, in a very slick, evasive way. He didn't just drop down and let Goldberg run. He actually like hopped up and out of the ring onto the apron to, to evade Goldberg. Um, smashes his shoulder. So now, oh, is the spear in, in jeopardy? Can't, can't, with his arm hurt so bad, can he lift Paige up for the jackhammer? Um, and that leads to the big, the big moment towards the end where, you know, Goldberg is trying to lift DDP up for the jackhammer, and he can't quite get him. And that's what allows DDP to slip out, hit the diamond cutter. They're both down. The place goes bananas. Everybody's like, "No, is he going to break the streak? Is he going to beat him? Is DDP going to do it? Is he really going to do it?" And DDP takes a long time to climb over because he's been beat up. And by the time he gets over, Goldberg kicks out of two. And the place goes even more bananas because Goldberg just kicked out of the diamond cutter. How many times has anybody ever kicked out of the diamond cutter? You know, like, is Goldberg going to beat him? Can he do it? You know, and Goldberg would then, you know, just a moment later hit the jackhammer, um, you know, fighting through the pain in his arm and pin, uh, pin Diamond Dallas Page in an outstanding main event. Uh, like you said, probably one of Goldberg, the best Goldberg match, um, you know, that, that he's ever had, uh, especially during his title run, um, in WCW, but, uh, outstanding match, wonderful matches full of drama. It wasn't really that long of a match, especially to be main event of your pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, but it was, it had everything you would want and more and, uh, drama, excitement, competition for competition's sake Goldberg was still you know once he was corking all these moves out and every time he'd cork out a new move like that that fans hadn't seen because he hadn't had to use a lot of moves for the most part so he's like yeah. corking out these jujitsu type submissions and everybody's like holy crap what you know what is this that it was still early in the days of MMA still early in the days of MMA into wrestling so you didn't know that oh well that's a cross arm breaker known as a jujukatami like so many guys do it like it was still kind of like a whoa, what is this move? This is a crazy move he's doing. Um, and it, it was just, the announcers were both really into the match. One of the things that helped sell these matches for me too was was the announcing in World Championship Wrestling. They're always so good at putting over, over the right people at the right times and getting you invested in the match. Like there was a part of it where they were just sitting back and enjoying watching it as fans, but there was also the part where they're like getting into it about the strategy. And, you know, yes, he's working over his arms so that he can't do this. Yes, now Goldberg's shoulder's hurt. He can't do this. Like, they're talking about the strategy of the match, which to me, WWE has always had a big lacking on, is st strategy and structure and storyline like that. And, you know, um, so just excellently done. And, you know, you'll, you can see the drastic difference in commentary and presentation, especially of Paige's character in the WCW matches. And then into the the match we selected from his his brief stint in WWF um, before making his first retirement. Uh, so just outstanding competition. Love the match. Um, 
I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about this match. That the atmosphere that it set, and just the crowd was just huge and into every single maneuver. It was just such a great, such a great, uh, great viewing. So one of my memories about this match uh, actually was talked about a couple of years ago at Goldberg's Hall of Fame speech when he was taught. He actually spoke about this match and he said uh, the day of the match, like DDP came up to him with like a 15 page, like detailed move for move, like script of what they needed to do in the ring to make it work. And I mean, <laughs> I guess something went right because it was Goldberg's literal best match probably ever. Um, I I made no bones that I love Bill Goldberg. Uh, he was one of the first people that I was drawn to in professional wrestling because about when he when he came up in '97, I was five, so he was like a larger than life persona to me at that point. So him and DDP were always my two favorite WCW guys, and. This match was just fantastic. That diamond cutter from the jackhammer is one of my favorite spots that I pop for every time I watch this match. Um, it's just so beautifully done. Um, great. It was a great match. It really was. It really was. And it showed uh, that DDP belonged in the main event 100%. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a match where – it put up the two probably hottest wrestlers uh, in the company uh, at the time. Uh, I think. I think. I don't know. Maybe. I think the World Bank has started to uh, maybe run its course. Uh, you know. The, I think for me, definitely, the Sting character was diluted a lot when he joined uh, the World Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so he lost a little steam, uh, and of course everything else was revolved around the NWO and Hulk Hogan. So, which I love Hulk, don't get me wrong, but it's just it, it was different. But here you get two guys who are two of the top baby faces, uh, and you put them together in the course of like I was, you know, going crazy. I was what. 16 years old at the time. I was like, how in the world can these guys do this? Like, who? Like, I was really, you know, suspending my disbelief. It was like, you know, I just don't know how either guy, who's going to win because, you know, both guys were unstoppable. You know, Goldberg with the streak. But, you know, you you, can, you see the trajectory for Diamond Dallas Page and what a 1998 he had so far. You know, not only you know, in, in his matches, but in the attention that he's been getting, the publicity. Because, look, when you're around Carmelo, Dennis Rodman, Jay Leno, as much a, as a joke as Jay Leno wrestling sounds, uh, you know, he's on the Tonight Show, you know, probably highlighted on all sport channels because of the NBA players. Uh, so, this this is some crazy stuff, and I think in the you know just going into all that and and then here you come 1998 and then the match they put on, which just comes to show the mind and that Diamond Dallas Page has and how he can 
you know, coach and help guide somebody. Uh, because, you know, I don't think that that Goldberg had yet to be tested in this way. And this is going to be the biggest test. Can he actually put up a match? I think against anybody else, it might not have worked. Because he may have wrestled people who are much better, you know, at, at other times. But those people did not have the mindset uh, or the coaching mentality that Diamond Dallas Page had. And that's what I think led to this match being as good as it was. But, you know, then uh, from there, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, of course, goes into 1999 to eventually becoming WCW champion. Uh, he's, he gets, I believe, two different runs of the belt. Um, a, a big uh, match uh, involving uh, Dave Arquette. Um, yeah, that one's sinking. The greatest WCW um, champion of all time and forever. Uh, then he goes on to form the uh, New Jersey Triad with Bam Bam Bigelow and Canyon. Uh, cuts his hair. Uh, you know, eventually becomes one of the old guys, I guess, even though he's been old for a while. Um, becomes part of the Millionaires Club, uh, and then with uh, eventually right before WCW goes out to pasture, um, teams up with uh, Kevin Nash and as the insiders, um, and uh, yeah, it's somehow back in the title picture. You know, one of the feuds with Big Papa Pump. I think I like to forget also. Um, as that reign ended, um, I don't even remember if Paige was on the final WCW show. No, I don't know if he was or not. I don't think he was. He wasn't. I can't picture him there. He wasn't. Um, uh, so, so I watched most of these matches on the rather than the network on the DDP Positively Living DVD that W that WCW put out or that WWE put out. Now, they don't feature anything after his match with Goldberg until his Christian WrestleMania match. So that means that the stuff with the triad, his stuff going for the world championship in, you know, against Jeff Jarrett and, uh, and all that, they don't feature at That's all crazy. on the best of DDP. His three championship wins, and they don't feature a single match from it. Because it featured Jeff Jarrett, who was part of Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. They didn't want to put Jarrett over and have to give him royalties. That's my guess. But I still think it's weird that all that, the last, basically from nineteen from October of 1998 to the end of WCW, they don't have a single page That's match. insane. Well, I think everybody, everybody wants to forget about that period in time. Well, yet again, though, he won three, he won the world championship three times right. during that. And they just like, no, nah, let's just, you know, let's just not worry about that. It's crazy. It's crazy, but uh, so we're going to skip over we've come all to the end of too. WCW. And, <laughs> we're and Paige is now. We, 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 yeah. We're also going to skip over uh, the Undertaker stalking uh, Undertaker's former wife and meeting yeah. with the Undertaker. We're going to skip all that also. Um, and take it back to uh, WrestleMania 18. Uh, this happened, what, 2003? Or, no, 2002. Uh, yeah, 2002 uh, in Toronto. Uh, was this a Superdome? 
Shilmar. I think it was, it was Super Dome. Dome. Toronto yeah. Sky Dome. Yeah, I think it was Super Dome. Sky Dome. Yeah, there you go. Dome. I know it was some type of dome. Something or other dome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and okay, and here he, uh, you know, pronouns pal. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is defending the uh, European Championship um, against, Christian. against Christian. Christian, who he had been kind of friend, he had been friends with. He had supposedly yeah. been trying to help Christian, who was going through this whole thing of where he was throwing tantrums and losing matches a lot, and so he, he was I, trying to help him. I guess is the story. Page here. Yes. Uh, he had just come out with his book, Positively Page. Uh, so, you know, hey, got to run with the guy to sell books, buddy. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. It's me. It's me. Yeah. It's DDP. Yeah. Self. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and was yeah. the big tagline. Okay. So to start it, I thought just a, a quick note on Christian. I love it how when, because he is from Toronto. But you know, this is what you appreciate about a bad guy that doesn't care about being hated, is not afraid to be hated, and is not doesn't care about not selling T-shirts. Then I was in from Tampa, Florida, in his so hometown. now residing in Tampa, Florida, just so we could get the booze in his own hometown. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That was great. Love well, that. that's that's you know that's yeah that was the one of the great many great things that christian does he's just he's he's a very underrated guy too mm. we could do a whole thing on christian and and some of the ups and downs of his career but we chose page first so yeah so here's what i want to talk about with the the presentation of ddp in wwe and well wwf still at the time they hadn't dropped the f i don't think i don't think they had kicked out the f no but um so DDP yeah, goes yeah. from being a multi-time world champion, being one of the biggest guys that WCW has produced, to they kind of bring him into this weird feud with The Undertaker as a bad guy when he's been like the underdog, babyface, good guy in WCW most of his career. He did a little bit of a heel towards the end and then went back to being a good guy too. But his best work was as an underdog good guy. He's, they, they start by bringing him in, stalking the Undertaker's wife, and basically feed him to the Undertaker. And here he is with the European Championship, a belt that most people probably didn't realize was still around at WrestleMania X8, but it was. And the way that they talk about the characters and the stories and even the match at the end when Paige hits the Diamond Cutter, they almost kind of gloss over that he just hit his big move and that nobody kicks out of it. Like he hits it and then they're already the, the pinfalls counting because they were talking about something else. Um, just the, that's the reason the DDP didn't succeed in WWE because of the presentation and they didn't push him and present him as a top level guy like they could have. And both sides could have made a whole lot more money than they actually did. Um, but they kind of kept him this, they brought him in, yeah, as this bad guy. And here he was against Christian at this point, kind of as a good guy, but he was kind of doing a gimmick that was meant to be kind of irritating. Like the positive page thing was they talk about it as though it's irritating because he's always smiling. He's just so positive and he's so happy. And so, you know, he's trying to lift people up and they talk about that like it's a bad thing. They talk about it like it's this irritating, like, because you really want to spend all this time with this guy? Like, looking at that goofy smile all the time? Like, it's just, th they presented him so poorly that that's the reason why his career wasn't didn't last as long. And, and then, of course, the injuries had taken their toll, and he eventually kind of had to retire, um, you know, 
for the first time, uh, you know, not not a whole lot long too long after after this match. But uh, I guess he came in, he made some WWE money, he got that WrestleMania money, and uh, you know, got got a championship in WWE, and uh, and then got his got his way out of Dodge. Yeah. Um... Honestly, I think the best thing about this match is Christian's entrance music. Um, it, it wasn't really anything to write home about. Um, uh, I liked Christian's mesh shirt, if that counts. Um, How many of those do you nine, own? Nine, I would, though. I would definitely own uh, one of those shirts. Those are so cool. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. It, it wasn't really a match that uh, stood out to me. It's it's probably, unfortunately, the biggest match that he had in WWE. Um, yeah, I mean, it was WrestleMania, man. It's your WrestleMania moment, defending and successfully defending a championship at WrestleMania. I really liked the European Championship. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I liked the look of that title. Um, and that was a cool-looking belt, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it... For like a seven eight minute match, it was what it was. It was pretty good, but it was just yeah, it wasn't. The, it was well. Yet again, they didn't really put a lot of focus and talk about exactly. It was very low on the card, and they they were almost kind of talking about other things that involved the characters a little bit, but not really focusing on what was going on in the match. Exactly, and that's when DDP finally showed up. The WWE, I was expecting. Insanity. Expected exactly. Page. I expected, expected DDP. him to just come out and start diamond cuttering people and calling it a day. But that's yeah. not what we got. And I don't know if that was intentional on um, the fact that they didn't want him to be his WCW character. But I just don't feel like this version of DDP um, worked. It wasn't really well, DDP. I mean, was, when, I mean, no, let's 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 look at the DDP in the late years of the WCW. Let's look at two thousand ish, two thousand and one, right? The last twelve, nine to twelve months. It, 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 even then, it wasn't the same DDP. I think. You, you know, think he had already injuries were already catching up to him? Is that what you're saying? I think, age, I think maybe injuries, age. I even think maybe just his his goals, right? He, he was yeah. now okay. What's next, right? He became positively patient in, in real life. You know, the whole, you know, he came out with a book and this inspirational guy. So he's kind of sort of using that into a gimmick. And I mean, look at him now, right? I mean, he takes the best of what DDP was with the catchphrases, but in reality, he's still this motivational guy who wants to help people. That's, uh, that's really who you see now. Uh, maybe at, by that point he was his head was already half out of the business, you know. He had you know he had dealt with that divorce and he was already. Maybe he and Deborah didn't get divorced mind. till till later. He and Deborah didn't get divorced according to the Wikipedia until uh, two thousand five. But I'm sure that the things, they were on the rocks, maybe yeah. kind of separating, right. So yeah. I, I I do I do think that that is a lot. I just don't think he was never the the old DDP, even when he joined the elite. So he came in and maybe was 
WWE, but maybe it was like I think if Paige had tried to push something, he would have been able to be given a shot at it. I mean, or look at they let Buff be Buff. And, and that worked. See how that worked. Well, Buff wasn't <laughs> so, really a main event. Pl- well, Buff also wasn't really a main event player in WWE though. He was he or WCW. He still hadn't reached that level. According to the Wikipedia, once again referencing it, they say that you know. So he signed. Um, he made his debut at Invasion in July uh, of two thousand one with W with uh with them. With WWF, he was a European champion. He's a tag team champion, and then it just says due to a series of injuries, he allowed his contract with the company to expire in 2002. So this would have been, you know, April of 2002, and then by the end of the year, he was already on his way. He he pretty much just kind of took some time, let it let his contract just kind of expire rather than work through it and keep going. So, like you said, he might have already been mentally on his way out if injuries were starting to kind of complicate up to him. I mean, his neck was the real big thing that was, you know, that ultimately kind of finished his career. Um, And so in 2002, he leaves or, you know, he leaves WWF, but that's not the, that's not the last match that we watched because we said we were going to watch five matches, five, Um, not three, not four, but five. The fifth match was from his brief stint in total nonstop action where he was there from, you know, some in 2004 and some in 2005. Um, he battled once again his longtime nemesis Raven in TNA. But the match that we watched is DDP main eventing TNA's Destination X 2005 pay-per-view for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, as at this time TNA was still using the NWA banner, um, DDP takes on his longtime nemesis, Jeff Jarrett, um, in a match that had twice as many shenanigans as the Spring Stampede Ravens rules <laughs> match, um, twice as many storylines going on, where you had the the uh, what do they call it? Wrestle? They said something revenge. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was ringside revenge. She was basically ringside revenge. The, that was what it all was. the all the people that had that the that, that Jared Jared had screwed over. over. Yeah, and then you they, had, they were allowed so had to a, be ringside, but they could not get physical with him. Yeah, they were just meant to be there to make sure that Jarrett didn't try any shenanigans. But yeah, then Jarrett yeah. had a lawyer come in that allowed some of his guys to be at ringside too. Mm-hmm. And throughout the course yeah. of this match, you see just about everybody at ringside get involved in the ring, including other guys who hadn't been at ringside initially, uh, brawl at ringside with so many guys. You had the referee go down and take a bump. You had low blows and uh, all kinds of other storylines going on, including the, possible breakup of three live crew and the debut or uh i guess he hadn't been around but very long was uh they just kept calling him the outlaw uh kip james and mm-hmm. uh eventually ddp yes he hits the diamond cutter on several people including Jarrett. i like Jarrett 
in the sense that he's good at being a bad guy that people can hate. He's good at being a long-time championship bad guy. His match style is very slow and boring and methodical, so it's up to the good guy to help bring the drama of trying to battle in his key signature maneuvers and, and can he overcome Jarrett. But the thing that makes me so mad about Jeff Jarrett sometimes is his lazy kickouts. Okay, he's getting pinned, and all he does is literally raise his arm in the air. Okay, he still does not pull his back off the mat. He just raises his arm in the air, but because part of his shoulder blade is now off of the mat, they stop counting. And it's just so lazy, and like nobody else does it but Jared, and it makes me so mad. And he does it multiple times in this match, including one time where he, he literally just flops both of his arms across his chest. And somehow now his shoulders have come off the mat and they stopped the count. Um, but, I mean, the match was fun for what it was. It was a brawl. They went to the crowd again and DDP was coming back with, it's time, it's time that he wins the NWA World Championship, you know? Um, and he was, uh, you know, DDP that had been, had taken, retired, his injuries had healed. Uh, and he was looking great in physical shape, even though he wrestled in a shirt with no sleeves. He still looked great physically. Um, and a fun match, but the shenanigans were kind of just too much at some points. Um, like TNA main events of the time would be. You'd have amazing undercards, Destination X. You had the Ultimate X match. You had you know these kind of things. And then you had this over-the-top shenanigans of overbooked and so many stories going on and eventually the story would be you know monty brown comes in to seemingly help ddp and stop this lawyer from interfering when then monty brown hits the pounce on ddp allowing and pulls Jarrett on top after ddp had already hit the diamond cutter on Jarrett, and now this new unholy alliance of the alpha male monty brown and uh, Jeff Jarrett is formed at the expense of Diamond Dallas Page and his NWA title aspirations. Um, and that was one of the last matches of Page's career. Yeah, I um, my my tagline going into this match was it was DDP versus Jeff Jarrett with uh, WWF's '90s mid Carters on the outside. Um, because literally BG James, uh, well, not Ar Conan. Conan, not R Truth at the time, technically, but you know, Chris Candido, R Truth had already been there yeah. once, R Truth had been to WWE, but once. he wasn't mid 90s. That's that, like, that's true. So you had, you had, okay, but you had Conan, you had BG James, WCW, Kip James, yep, uh, yep, Chris Candido, Candido, and like it was literally who was managing the Naturals, and then Larry Zabisco, yep. who was the director, who was basically the authority figure, and then you had of the, the Sean Waltman run in, like it was just, yeah. it was just literally '90s WWF uh, mid Carters, but the match was what it was. They brawled into the crowd. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, Jarrett's kickouts do annoy me because it just looks like there's no effort in it. Um, I think the one thing that sticks out to me about this match was this was at the time where it felt like Monty Brown was really, really, really super over as a babyface. 
and why you turn him heel just to put over Jeff Jarrett never made sense to me. And even to this day, it still doesn't make sense to me because, uh, I mean. Well, Monty Brown's one of those guys who there's a lot of, who everybody thinks now in retrospect that because, especially because once WWE brought him in, he didn't really do much with them. And then he, uh, he left, you know, it was, uh, it seemed that there was a, uh, just a whole lot of money left on the table. Yeah. Because of, especially with Marcus, you know, as Marcus Corvon, he abruptly left WWE just to, because he had family issues and stuff and really never returned to wrestling right. full time. Um, but in retrospect, yeah, we can all look and just say how Monty Brown was not their top guy, how Monty Brown was not, you know, uh, a multi time champion, how there was so much money for Monty to be made for them to make with Monty. Um, and just he had the best catchphrase and, ever. Yeah. Period. And the move looked great, especially in the six-sided yes. ring, where he could hit hit the guys from a side angle and just like turn them inside out with it. And he didn't um, like he knocked the ever-loving bejesus out of them too. Yeah, he would he would just plow through people. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. So that was the big thing, and that's and yet again that's a a, a side note really, but um about Monty yeah. but this match it, it yeah it wasn't exceptionally great but it was uh it was a lot of fun I guess for for the time of being 2005 like Jarrett's still at the top of his game but I'm assuming that DDP is probably still a, uh, maybe a little limited. limited because he probably hasn't started I don't know if he had started his yoga at this point um I think he hadn't created DDPY, but I think he'd been doing yoga. He apparently, he and Kimberly used to do yoga okay. together. So like it had been a long, he had been doing it for a long time, but I don't think he'd created the the system that would start out as, you know, what was it? Uh, YRG yoga for regular guys. Yeah. And then eventually would meld into DDP yoga. And I think now it's just DDPY. Yeah. Um, but as, as the things evolved, but I don't think he had, he had really formulated that, but he had been doing it. I mean, he was obviously in ring shape. He looked, he, you know, it wasn't like he was getting busted up and looked bad. Yeah, no. And it, I mean, it was what it was. Like, like I said, like they had, they had a couple of good commentary calls. I liked when they were brawling in the crowd and DDP slammed uh, Jarrett's head into the side. And he was like, I think he just slammed his head into the entrance. Yeah, like it was the side of the entrance. Yeah, area. yeah, and I loved it. Like, I love corny uh, commentary. For some reason, it just makes wrestling so much better. Um, but the match, if you can add, like, if if you don't overdo yeah. it, if you add a comment here and there, it's fun. But if you do like just try to do one liner after one liner after one liner, it it just becomes. If you're bad. Jerry Lawler, it's just not good. Um, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a decent match. I didn't hate it. Um, Jarrett's really good at what he does. I I don't necessarily love Jarrett, but he's good at what he does. Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, we all know, right? Jarrett has at this point being uh, the guy uh, for TNA for what uh, on the national level. Was just, 
started what 2004 when they started doing like these pay per views. Um, in this way, so for the last year, I mean, so it's always been uh his show, and I think, um, yeah, you you got all these shenanigans, of course. Uh, I think they had a match, one match prior to this, uh, so yeah, they were just coming things and keep on trucking. I thought that the match was fine for what it was. Uh, Jared and uh, DDP and, well, Jared, anybody really in the top spot didn't really um, make me excited. Uh, and, yeah, so the match was fine, I guess. It was there to set some other things up and uh, made uh, Monty Brown look uh Look good there, and I thought, you know, hey, you know, this guy's gone all the way. But like you guys mentioned, see where he ended up. Uh, but yeah, good, good match. Uh, you know, of all of all the TNA matches that you guys would have made me watch, I would say this one I didn't hate that much. So I'll leave it as that. It's okay. Uh, we usually great shows. Uh, we definitely don't uh, rate individual, individual matches. matches. So yeah. we're going to give the collection of five matches a grade. Yeah, interesting. Okay. We're going to throw so, things off here, you know, keep you guys, you know. On our toes, huh? Uh-huh, exactly. Just, you know. Okay. Just when um, you think so this- you have all the answers, I changed the question. Okay. Um, given the five matches we chose, two of them were okay. Three of them were really good. But because I think even in the bad matches, there were still good moments and they were still kind of fun, I go B-plus for our collection. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. Um, I think I would give it an A-minus, though, just because even in the outside of the WrestleMania match, uh, everything was pretty pretty good to me, um, and even in the the lulls in the brown or not down for glory the uh, oh crap Destination, Destination X. X yeah there was a giant X hanging above the ring um, even in the downtime <laughs> of that like there was still some good moments um, obviously to me the best match that we watched was the Goldberg DDP match um, so yeah I'll give it a I'll give it an A minus. Yeah, I'm going with A minus too, only because you know that uh, that Halloween having match was an A plus plus match mm-hmm. for Goldberg ma- uh, matches, and the fact that I don't know about you all, but all credit to DDP on that yep. one, in my opinion, uh, for making that happen. So, uh, yeah, I I give this uh, A minus definitely uh, a good set of matches. Uh, so yeah, it, this is fun. Uh, and definitely when you get to choose everything you get to watch, instead of having to watch a whole show with some matches you wish you could skip, um, it, it was a trend. Uh, wait till we get started on a wrestler that we don't like or, or can't there find you go. five if good we matches get... to watch. Well, um, yeah, well, we, we won't get that well, far. The way, okay, well, the way we started is that to, to let people know when the, what they can expect over the next couple of weeks is the three of us each picks one of our favorite wrestlers, and then 
we each pick essentially one match specifically from that wrestler, and then we kind of agree on a couple others that to help fill in their catalog. So that's how we did with this one. We each picked one match from Paige that we really liked and wanted to wa- or wanted to watch again because we hadn't seen it in a long time. Um, and then we we kind of agreed on a couple others that would help fill in uh, this the career a little more. Um, so that's what we'll be doing for the next few wrestlers we pick. Um, I don't know if Patrick wants to say who his choice is and, and, or if Eric wants to say who their choice is and if, or if we want to keep that a secret, um, I'll let, I'll let the gentleman decide. I think, I think it's fine to tell people what's coming up for the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So we, we are going to continue this with, Eric's choice. And my choice is the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And and Daniel Bryan too. Yeah. AKA Daniel yeah. Bryan to, to people who may not be as familiar with his older stuff. So we, we are going to be watching that. Uh, those five selected matches still a work in progress. And then the following week. Uh well, uh, Mr. WrestleMania himself, the showstopper, the main event, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Um, so that's gonna be uh, a next couple of fun weeks, uh, and then we'll see what we do next. Uh, there's a lot of options. We could pick a few more wrestlers. Uh, I did kind of jokingly, but so not not so jokingly, mentioned maybe we could do like five celebrity matches uh, out there. I think that would be very humorous, depending on the matches. But yeah, so next week uh, we'll be rev- you know reviewing ish uh, double or nothing uh, and taking a look back at five memorable matches. In our opinion, uh, from Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, and who knows what else. Uh, whatever you know, it does. Uh, make sure you tune in uh, on uh, Podbean, and of course, uh, all of our catalog of shows are available on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, and I think a few others. I can't remember at this time. Uh, make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at FO Radio. Uh, Danny's on Twitter at Danny F in Danger. Eric's on Twitter at EJ423X. Mika's on Twitter somewhere in this world at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.